Welcome to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Give us a text 0457 736 736 and make sure you're following our brand new Twitter profile at Captain's Run NRL and follow SEN League on Instagram and TikTok. I've got the great Cameron Smith here. How you going, brother? Kempi, mate, I'm great. Another week closer to the finals. How good is it? Starting to warm up everywhere. It's getting warm. Hello to all our listeners today. Big show ahead. Ooh. Huge show. Lots to talk how about. Much, how much to talk about from the weekend? And even today. Yes. Tempe. Mate, it's the best. It's rugby league, mate. Before we start, I just yes. need to ask a favor, Smithy. Oh, okay. Could you call your boys, Storm, just say, look, just pack her up for one game. Just one game. <laughs> just one game. Mate. Just take it easy. Can you just call the boys? Mate, they've, <laughs> mate, they've taken out eleven of their best seventeen. What else do you want? What else do you want? <laughs> oh, please, please uh, we'll get to the, that anyway. We'll please, get to that. Please break the storm curse, boys. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, now the good oil breaking news story. Thanks to Cobram Estate Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Uh, mm. The breaking story is Cameron Seraldo defending training workload and in air quotation toxic culture. Now. Uh, that's not to suggest there is one. It's just people have claimed there is one. Now, we've got some uh, audio clips here that are a really good insight as to Seraldo's thinking and also, I guess, his uh, pushback against those claims. Oh, it's a pretty sensitive issue and yeah, I don't want to be, I won't be commenting on that one. Are you happy with the attitude that all the players have displayed towards the workloads that you want them to have this year? Yeah, like there's a lot of people doing a lot of hard work here and the players got better and better with the training as the year's gone on. Now, some guys have... have exceeded our expectations, but to, to comment on every player's attitude, I couldn't be able to do that. Have players come to you expressing concerns about the workload here? No. No, they haven't. Did you feel that you expect a lot from your players? I'd like to think so. It's the NRL. Nothing comes without hard work. This club is built on hard work and work ethic. Um, that's what drew me to this club. Um, that's what we're trying to instill back into this place. I don't want to comment specifically, but, you know, at different times we've... we've um, wanted to go really uh, put some standards in place and obviously you know if you're late we have to we have to do something about that but um, I won't be talking specifically about it. We want to have winning performance standards and a lot of that's around uh, individual responsibilities and you know we have to we have to hold those standards. Oh we've gone through a range of different ways of, of talking about um, holding standards some of that's been monetary related some of it's been spinning a wheel and then some of it's been trying to find ways to, to change behaviours. The reality is we need to change behaviours here and I think we've done a good job of that throughout the season um, and we'll, we'll continue to find ways where we can change behaviours to, to winning behaviours. So you think there's been a problem uh, with the culture at this club? Well, we've been losing. So clearly the culture's not exactly right. Um, you know, the, the system is only one part of, of the results on the weekend. The main part of the result is the culture. And that's something we've worked really hard on. We've probably uncovered a lot more to that culture um, and, and reasons for where we are, why we are where we are. And we'll continue to work hard at that. Nothing comes without hard work. You know, they, they are long. We have one long day a week. And if you get the last massage, you're probably leaving at 5.30. The days are longer at the place I was previously. I don't know about this toxic culture. It obviously says some people that um, don't want to buy into what we're doing, but I don't think it's a, a great amount of people. You know, we've got a lot of people, a lot of players working really hard inside these four walls and a lot of people doing really good things. 
So it's not a it's not a widespread thing. There might be a couple of guys that don't agree with the direction we're going, but we've got some people. I'm surrounded by people that know what winning looks like. They come from good systems. I'm surrounded by people that are, have been at the Bulldogs and won premierships at the Bulldogs, and they know what this club's built on. And I'll listen to those people. No one's come to me and told me they're, they're complaining about long days. Like the long days, we've got a flag group in here that do weights at five o'clock in the morning, go and work for ten hours, and come back and do field at five thirty in the afternoon. That's a long day, and that, the way those guys are, are going about the business is showing us their future Bulldogs, and that's who we're, we're going to build the club around. There he is, Seraldo, talking about the latest, uh, I guess, issues at the Bulldogs. And this all, the last straw essentially was a report that a player had walked out distraught after having to, you know, do a wrestling session as punishment for being late. Smithy, what are your thoughts, mm. mate? Yeah, there's a bit going on there, and this sort of uh, raised its head, what, a couple of days ago, Kempe? Um, this all these issues and, and maybe a player being quite upset with the way he was treated around turning up to, to training late. Well, you know, first and foremost, it's just, well, that's just unacceptable. Turning up to work, it, it's their job. That's your place of work. And if you turn up late, there's consequences because they operate and they work in a, in a, in a high-performance environment. So there's, there's standards and there's expectations around getting your job done properly. And part of that is being punctual, being on time. Like you don't just rock up to work whenever you want to. Mm. And there should be no confusion around what time your starting time is. Um, you know, that's, that's your own responsibility to understand what time you need to be at training and what time, you know, training commences. And you've got to be ready to go. It's not, it's not that training starts at 8 o'clock, so you, you're rolling in and you're walking out in the field, you know, boots not on, strapping not done, all that sort of stuff, and, you know, we've just got to be here at 8. Like, training starts at 8 a.m. The whistle blows at 8 a.m., and we get going. The thing, you know, that that stood out to me from Cameron Seraldo, and he he said it multiple, multiple times, was, so talking about the culture, right, at the Bulldogs, and he's trying to win this, build, sorry, this winning culture. Because he's right, like, they don't have, they're not winning. They haven't been winning football games for a long, long time. So they don't have that winning culture, that winning feeling. So for those people, you know, for all of our listeners out there sort of thinking, you know, culture, culture, it's this fancy word that gets thrown around. To me, right, the way I break it down, because I don't tend to like using the word culture either. And it was and it was a word associated with my old club, the Melbourne Storm, a lot. Mm. Okay. All, all culture is, it's standards and behaviours that you demonstrate every day. And it's, and it's standards that you accept or you don't accept. Mm. It's, it's, it's something that you want to build, you know, something that's quite strong and that everyone believes in and upholds every day, okay? That, that's all culture is. It's standards that you build around the place and, and what you're willing to accept and the behaviors that go along with those standards that, that allow you to achieve your goals. And, and they're, they're the things that you need to constantly bring to work every day, to work, training, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, I'm, I'm with Cameron Serraldo on this one. Like, he, he was fairly black and white and, and quite strong about his messaging, you know, when he was pressed by the the journalists in that, in, those, uh, in that interview, was that, look, you know, we're clearly not where we want to be. And the club in the past has been built on hard work and high standards. And you talk to any of those guys, you know, back from the early days of the Bulldogs, and you can see from their sustained success that they had, it, that's that's what their club was all about. So, you know, for, for guys to... And, and it's it's 
pleasing to hear that you know he come out and actually said like no player has come to him come to him and and you know complained about um you know workloads and all that sort of stuff because I'd like to think that they the players themselves have an understanding that you know changing those behaviors it doesn't come easy it comes with hard work and you need to spend a bit of time at training to do that um so yeah obviously well it sounds like there was just one player that was wasn't really happy with with the way they dealt with some things across you know whenever it was the last week or so mate it's uh being late it's such a it seems like a small thing when you you know outside looking in even when you're younger as i remember the first time i got punished for it so i was under 19 colts for the broncos uh glenn lazarus was our coach so i'm on the way i've never been late you know life's good i'm still trying to learn the game whatever i literally had a car crash and i was honestly i was i reckon i was five minutes late five minutes late got dropped that weekend and you might go you you might go oh mate that's so but you know what yeah a bit harsh but at the same time should have left 15 minutes earlier like you can always find a way to rock up on time and did it teach me the best lesson ever of never to be late again if it's within my control? And mm-hmm. also, things like that, you, you always have to ask yourself as a young player, why is it always the senior players that are there first? Mm, that, that's that, right. that tells you what is required um, to be there. So it seems like a small thing, but it's actually a show of respect to the rest of the, the squad. And look, I understand things can happen out of your control. Uh, in regard to the punishment, I know they've tried to bandy about, you know, wrestled 12 people. Like, that's the, the number of people is is kind of irrelevant. It would have been a thirty minute session or an hour towel up. Yeah. Um. And look, when I first come back, so I quit rugby league. I the Broncos called me said, "Can you come back in and play?" So I hadn't done any preseason. I was completely like fresh. Came in. Yep. We did a wrestling session, and I got absolutely dominated the whole session. So this is an hour long proper preseason wrestling session, which was my first session of like any yep. fitness for like I'd quit rugby league for months and months. Yep. Anyway, we got to the end, and I, I just I didn't dominate the last tackle. So they made me tackle all the big boys until I did dominate the last tackle. <laughs> the session was so hard that the next day I was spewing at, in the morning before training because I was so fatigued. Um, and so uh, I was going to say, how'd you go after that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Not great, obviously. Yeah, not great, not great. And so, look, it, it sounds extreme, but if you want to be at the top, if you're not rocking up to training feeling uncomfortable, I don't think that you're really progressing where you need to progress at such an elite level. Yeah. And, mate, I'll back you up. Look, I've only played at the one club, but, you know, there was, there was things in place for us too where, like, if, if someone turned up late, you know, we've had a fine system um, in place. We had, you know, heard Cameron Seraldo talk about a wheel, right? So it's it's we had the same thing. So we had a, a bit like Wheel of Fortune. If you can picture Wheel of Fortune where you had different – sort of, you know, punishments on this wheel and whatever you spun up, that's what you had to do. They may have consisted of something like um, like a 30-minute rowing session on, on you know, the rowing machine in the gym. It might have been um, you get the last massage time for the week. It might have been um, you have to come in and do weights with the first group for the entire week. So it's an early start, late finish, that type of thing. But at the end of the day, what it is is it's teaching you discipline and there's consequences for not upholding standards that, that you've all believe that you all believe in and that you've bought into. That's, that's what it's all about. And you've got to remember this, this isn't, 
you know, the NRL and, and all team sports for that matter, it's not about a single person or an individual. If you turn up late to training, you're holding up the entire team. Mm. So you're putting everyone out for the entire day, not just yourself. Like it's, it's not like you're running your own business and you can rock up to work whatever time you want and just start your day. You know, if, if training starts at eight and you rock up at five past eight or 10 past eight, you've, you've left, what, 25, 30 other people waiting for you to get started. Mm. So, you know, that's, you know, the, and, and there's consequences for that in a team environment. It's, it's not about an individual. It's about the team. And that's the mentality, you know, individuals have got to have in team sports. It's, it's, it's team first, mm. always team first. Yeah, it's. Uh, I actually read a report earlier in the week that, you know, some it's you know it was reported that some players were frustrated that it was an eight till four. You had to work eight oh, till four goodness. all week. Now, right. when it first came out, I was like, well, it's a bit arbitrary to force people to stay every single day from eight till four. Shouldn't it be till the work gets done? But after hearing Seraldo say it's literally only one day. Yeah. Wow. One one long day a week. What? That's what he said. That's easy. Yeah. Which is eight till five thirty. Mate. That's what that's what he said. Yeah, eight till five thirty. He, he, that what he said. If if you're finishing at five thirty, that's the latest you'll leave. I think. So and and as he mentioned, he goes the last organisation I was at, they had much longer days than that. Being that's being Penrith, of course. Mm. And um, I can guarantee you, if you go down and go do twelve months with Craig Bellamy at the Melbourne Storm, mm. you cool. um you you arrive at training before the sun comes up, and you leave training when the sun's gone down. Mm. So. They're long day. And, and look, have a look at the success both clubs have, have enjoyed. Mm. You know, Penrith and the Melbourne Storm. Penrith, yeah. you know, looking to go for, um, you know, four grand finals in a row. And, you know, the Storm, they've been almost a lock in the top four for the last, what, decade? So there's no surprise around, you know, putting time into your work, working hard, and actually having high standards about your workplace as well. Mm. There's no secret as to why those two clubs have done so well for a long period of time. Yeah. It's uh, um, look, I, um, I applaud Seraldo for, I guess, standing firm in, in what he's believing and whether he's, whether it works or it doesn't work, I do applaud him for going, you know what? I'm going to live or die by the sword. I'm not going to meet someone halfway and be, Oh, okay. You know, let's pull this yeah. back. Let's pull that back. How do you think they improve in 2024? Smithy? Well, I guess personnel, you know, they've got to try and sort their squad out first and foremost. But um, it, it's it's no easy fix, Kempi. Like, it, it, there's no quick fix. Like, mm. you've got to be patient and you've got to continue to work hard. Like, I remember when when um, when Craig Bellamy first turned up at the Melbourne Storm. Like, we had some quality senior players there. But the majority of the squad that was put together going into that 2003 th- season, like, we we're all rookies. Mm. We are young fellas. Um, so it took us a good, you know, four or five years to get going and be, you know, com- a competitive footy side that went out there and, and and won a lot of football games. You know, in those first couple of years, it, it was a struggle. Like, we were sort of like a – I wouldn't say I wouldn't say we were an average footy side, but we were a middle-of-the-road type of footy team mm. where, you know, we'd, we'd get in the top eight, we'd get to finals, but, you know, there was always better teams than us. Mm. But it was it was always about the standards and always trying to be better and upholding those standards, you know, day day on day, week on week, year on year, until finally 
we progressed, which, you know, again, Cameron Serraldo was talking about, like, we're just, all we're trying to do is grow these standards. We're trying to grow this culture at this club to where it needs to be until we become, you know, a, a side that regularly wins football games. That's, that's, and that's what it took us. It took us, you know, four or five years to get that done. Um, so they just need to stick at it. And which I think, you know, by the way he was talking was, you know, head coach, mate, like at the end of the day, he's been given that job to turn the place around. Mm. So, and, and he has a clear vision of how that can happen. So that's, that's, he's sticking to his guns and good on him for doing that. Well, actually it's interesting because, and before we get head to a break, and we'd love to hear your text on this. 0457 736 736. Give us your thoughts. But funnily enough, guess who in the middle of the year dropped players for being late and now is one of the form teams of the competition? Mm. The Newey Knights. I'm going to say the Knights. Yeah, the Newey Knights. So it just shows you that if you just hang in there and, and you know keep driving those standards, you know, you're going to get rewarded with it. And the doggies, like I hope eventually they do turn it around because mm. – you know, the dogs are a powerhouse. Everyone wants the doggies to go well. And, and yeah. you know, the players involved, I, I hope that the players that feel that it's the wrong direction or whatever, I hope they just take a step back and go, you know what, I, there's something to learn here. There's really something to learn here. And when you look at the night situation, just going back to that, can be like their head coach. Mm. Tell Like what two clubs has he been a part of? Yep. yep. For Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Storm, Roosters. Roosters. Two successful clubs. Yep. Anyway, we're going to head to a break. We'd love to hear your thoughts. After the break, we've got plenty more to talk about, including – how many players are getting rested? Plus, later in the show, we've got Phoenix Crossland. Join us for a chat. See you on the other side. No set restart. Sloan forced the ball. No, he did. <laughs> for more weight right there. I'm back to tackle Playing one. the try. Well, for the moment, no. the referee says try. He's trying to pick the ball up, not trying to ground it. Oh, he says Terrell Sloan was trying to pick it up and not ground the ball. And the Warriors... The Warriors might have the gift of gifts. Unless he's having an air swing here. Welcome back to the Captain Run. That was our game sealer moment from round 26. Thanks to Loctite Adhesive. Fast, strong and reliable. The possibilities are limitless. All it takes is a few drops. Game sealer moment there. Tyrell Sloan. What's doing, mm. bros? Just bend the back. Got to pick it up, brother. Oh, man. Oh, God. Adam <laughs> Noel Blake. Oh, man. He would have been like, seriously? Did that just yeah. happen? Thank you very much. Um, Always good to see the big prop score on him, though. Oh, the big fella. Actually, he butchered one earlier in the game, too. So he would have been going, thank oh. God I got it back. Oh, he's been on fire. No, he has been seriously. You know, you'd probably have him and Payne Hass as the, the front rowers of the year, I'd say. Mm. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. Uh, any text I'd go with you there. Uh, yeah, got a couple. Got one here for the Knights, actually, going into this weekend. Um, Beak and Smithy, do you think the Knights could lose momentum if the Dragons get the win going into the finals as they are resting plays this weekend? Ooh. Uh, yeah. What do you reckon around that one? They've won, what, eight, nine in a row? Eight in a row, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's possible, but I doubt that. I think that they've proven to themselves for long enough now of how they should be playing rugby league. So even if they have one down game, yeah. I'm sure they can find a place to, to bounce back next week. And it doesn't necessarily mean they'll win the next week, but have at least a good game the next week. What do you reckon? Yeah. A um, bit of a test for them, I think, with KP, Kalen Ponger out, um, AC joint injury. So he's going to have to have that needled for the rest of the final series. Just interesting to see how they go without him this weekend. Nice little test, I reckon, mm. without him before finals. 
I still think they can get the win and play well. Like they are in such great form at the moment. The confidence will be sky high. So, um, yeah, I, look, it's it's not ideal if you're to have a, a loss, but I don't think one loss with the form that they're in over the last two months is going to make a, a huge difference, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, G'day, boys. Yeah, it's encouraging. Oh, okay, that's a bit of a joke. Good joke there, brother. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, boys, really love the show. I just wanted to get your thoughts on possibility of turning Meany into a ball-playing lock for Storm to fit him in, perhaps into the side. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, maybe. But I, I think Craig Bellamy really loves um, Josh King at 13. Yeah. And just like the work rate and, and all of the clean-up work that he does, like he, he gets through an enormous amount of defense and carries the football when they need him to carry. I, I, I think he could possibly use him off the bench. Yeah, I agree. He's always been a fan. He's always Craig has always been a fan of having a back slash utility on the bench, particularly in the bigger games. Um, you know, hence why he had Nico Hines on the bench in 2020 grand mm. final. Nico, unfortunately, didn't see any time, but um, he just loves having that that back up there. If he, if he knows he's got, you know, good solid forward pack that can play some minutes, he can have just three on the bench and then that one outside back. Um, yeah, but we'll get a good sort of look of um, Pappenhausen this week. He's starting at one. Mm. Um, he's going to he's gonna get, well, he... I think he'll be asked to play 80 minutes this week against the Broncos. So be interesting to see how they, what their next move is with the meanie Pappenhausen combination. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got Phoenix Crossland chatting about 2023. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse, heading to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. I'm absolutely stoked to have Phoenix Crossland on the line. You there, brother? I'm here, mate. Thanks for having me. Hey, Phoenix. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, mate. How are you guys going? Mate, very, very oh, good. Mate, we're we're killing it. We're loving it. Loving we're it. loving watching you guys go around at the moment. How good? Yeah, it's been good. We've had a good uh, couple of months. It's been, um, yeah, obviously better than losing. It's been good winning. <laughs> mate, uh, look, I came into work today. Look, a little bit down. Not, not unhappy, a little bit down. And then I heard this uh, being played, and it really got me going. It really got me going. I said the team's in need, we need someone with the fix. So get the steering back to Phoenix. Get, 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 get the ball to Goldilocks. Turn that off. Get, 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 Oh, wow. What do you reckon, mate? That's a, that's a banger. I might have to listen to it before I run out for the final. <laughs> oh, mate. So good. Who, who's responsible for that? Was that, was that you, Campy? Did you make that? No, no, mate. That was a newy fan. Look, I'm I'm loving the boys and what you're doing, but I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know either, <laughs> mate. Uh, how's it been for you personally? Like, what a whirlwind year for yourself. Obviously, you came through as a seven or, or a six, but mainly a seven. Now you're a nine, playing really good footy. The nights are going well. What's it been for you, like personally, 2023? Yeah, it's been um, yeah, a dream come true to um, lock down a spot in the starting team and, and play some good footy and. Um, we just locked in the home final, which was a big goal of ours and, and mine personally to uh, bring some finals footy back to Newey. So, um, yeah, it's been really exciting and, and the boys are all smiling and real happy. So um, things are looking good up here at the moment. Hey, Phoenix, you just spoke about, you know, bringing some finals footy to uh, Newcastle. Mate, tell us about the crowds, particularly over the last month. I know winning helps and winning brings big crowds, but 
you know, the sellouts that you've seen up there in the last, what, three Sundays has been incredible. Yeah, it's been awesome. It's, um, you know, Adzie O'Brien's touched on it a bit. We've got up here in Newy, mate, we don't have fans. We have supporters and, you know, they're here, mm. win or lose. And, um, you know, everyone knows how good rugby league is up here when, and when everything's going well. So, yeah, the last three weekends have been, um, you know, some big games and, and it's been good to get 30,000 there and, um, you know, when you hear the Newcastle chant, it, you grow an extra leg. So it's been special, and um, to get three wins at home in the back end's been uh, real, real positive for us as a team. Now, Adam O'Brien, you know, he's been trying to, I guess, set standards and set the way he wants to play, and it just seems to have clicked almost midway through this year. Did anything mm-hmm. change, or was it more just the boys buying in? Yeah, I think it's just the boys um, staying tight. You know, sort of at the start of the year and midway through, we're getting done by two. Two points and four points, other than the para game, as um, you know, we're so close and we, we could we could you know smell it coming. We just needed a game where it clicked, and I think that was the Bulldogs game for us. Everything, um, you know, sort of just fell into place, and the boys got heaps of confidence out of that. And um, since then, it's just you know, as I said, we just needed that game where it clicked, and um, you know, lucky for us, it did that that day, and it's just you know stemmed from that. So um, yeah, the boys are buying in. We're keeping it real simple and um, getting results on it, which is really nice. Now, mate, you, you know, you said that everything clicked in that game, but you've put together, what, eight consecutive wins now, looking for nine this week. Um, what part of your game do you think is serving you best at the moment? Like, you, obviously, you're racking up some some pretty good score lines, um, particularly late in the game, you know, you're piling on some tries, but you're defending really well at the moment. Like, is it a, is it a combination of both, Phoenix, or is there one part of your game that you think is just you have started to nail and it's helping all aspects of your game? Um, oh, I think it's our defence for sure. We've, um, you know, we've really come together, and um, you know, Newcastle is a town based on hard work and, and toughness. So we've sort of just tried to bring that into our game, and that's you know, you can you can highlight that best in defence. So you know, when teams are coming out of out of their own end, we're sort of you know, that's a big part of our game where we we try and you know keep them to forty metres and um, you know try and make it a hard day for them. And then you know, Brian McDermott's brought some good good uh, tactics that he knows in our sort of our goal line defence and it's, you know, everyone's just bought into it and, um, yeah, we're, we're getting results from it, which is really good. You just mentioned a couple of your coaches there, Brian McDermott, of course, Adam O'Brien, head coach. And a couple of those early games where you suffered some losses, any sprays, any good sprays, <laughs> some stories oh, yeah, that you can plenty. tell us from Adzi? Because I know, I know from personal experience, he, he can be a little bit of an angry man. He can be a very uh, cranky man, all that. But, um, he uh, he means well, and um, yeah, you know you know him well, Cam. He's he's been under Craig Bellamy at the Storm, and I'm sure he gives a good spray. So I think he's uh, he's definitely brung that here, and um, you know as cranky as he can get, he's, he's a top dude as well, and he he's one of the boys, and and we love him, and he loves us. So yeah, if you if you cop a spray, you know it's in in your best interest. So yeah, it's all good, mate. Two part question. You know, do you see yourself as a nine now, and also? What changed for you personally to kind of hit the form that you've hit, especially over the last six or so weeks? Um, yeah, I do. I think nine suits my game. What I what I like to do, and um, yeah, I see a future there in the nine. Hopefully, um, going forward, and um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, form it's sort of you know as cliche as it sounds. You know, Cam would know it's just keeping keeping your game real simple at nine. You got to pass the ball, defend well, kick well when you can. So. Um, yeah, you know, it's cliche, but just keeping things simple and, and things sort of fall off the back of that, I think. Mate, it's, uh, it's, do you, like, when you grew up playing footy, and obviously you played a lot at seven, 
Is there parts of the nine game that you enjoy more? I don't mind defending, which is good. I've sort of, like, when I was a seven, I was never like the, um, you know, the, the Sean Johnson sort of, you know, that that sort of <laughs> skill level. I was pretty, um, you know, I just like to defend and kick well. So I think that sort of suited me at nine where I don't have to, you know, pull the, the big play out and um, I can just help the team out. So, um, yeah, I think that's sort of something that, you know, and I know as a, as a nine, where the ball needs to go because I played so much seven. I know when the when the boys need it, so I think that's sort of helping them and, and the team as a whole. Mate, so you're getting rested this week, of course. Um, KP not being there, first and foremost, how are the boys feeling? And secondly, like this is a big talking point this week around players being rested. What's your point of view, or how's your fit? Can you explain to the listeners like the whole thinking around resting in this game leading into a finals game? Oh, I think. Um, you know, obviously we've had a good um, nine weeks. It's a good chance for boys to, you know, especially when you've locked in a, a spot where we can, you know, we're guaranteed a home final. It's a good chance yeah. for boys to sort of, um, you know, get a bit of a rest. You know, there's some boys here like Frizz and that have, you know, they've played so many years of footy. They don't need to play this game and risk getting injured when um, things are sort of locked in and they've done such a good job for us. I think, um, you know, I was surprised when I was getting the rest because I'm, I'm so young, but... Um, for them, boys like Ags and Fris to get a rest, it's so good for them and, and the team. And it gives boys like RJ and you a good chance to play this week and, and get some minutes because, you know, every good club needs depth and it's next man up. So it's just a good all-around sort of uh, week for everyone. It's funny you say that, Phoenix. One time I got rested, but it was actually me getting dropped. So when you went in, so when you went into Adam's office this week and he said, mate, I'm resting you. You're thinking, oh, no. Surely. How well, can I get dropped top. off the back of eight consecutive wins? Well, that's my first thought. I'm going, I must be playing shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. Yeah. Mate, uh, how, how's it been, you know, I guess witnessing, you know, Kalen just hit this incredible form. And, and we all know he can hit this form. That's He's done that before. But I think what's been so impressive this year is his leadership. What's it been like viewing that as a player, you know, on the same side as him? Yeah, KP is, I think, He's always had that skill level, but a big thing for Kane, he'll, he'll um, tell you firsthand, he, he wanted to grow an extra leg in leadership, and I think he's done that hands down. It's For someone to be under so much criticism as he was on at the start of the year with his head knocks and, and all that sort of stuff, to, to come back and, and lead us to a home final, it's just, um, it's pretty incredible. And full credit to Kane, he's, you know, he's so disciplined with himself and, um yeah, the things he's done for us as a team on the field and off the field is, is um, outstanding. And, you know, he's definitely um, one of the biggest leaders at this club. And I love playing uh, beside him and, and listening to him. So he's been, yeah, he's been awesome for us. Mate, how do you, uh, just on KP, like he, he made a decision to um, not be available for Save Origin this year. Do you, like looking as a teammate, do you think that was um, like a, a, a good decision? Because he seems very happy, very settled. Um, and he's a type of guy that when he's in that frame of mind, um, when he is happy, like he's playing his best footy. Yeah, exactly. So, like you said, when he's happy and relaxed, like you can just tell the way he, he expresses himself on the field. Eh? Like when he's calm and relaxed, he plays his best footy because that's the type of person he is. Mm. Um, for him to sort of, you know, step away from Origin for this year was such a selfless decision for him because he could have easily gone in there. And, yeah. And, um, you know, do, do what you need to do for your state, which is, which is all... Like, so cool for him. But, um, you know, to say he's all in with us for the rest of the year because of, you know, a tough start of the year, it's sort of, 
um, he's reaping the rewards from that, and so are we. So yeah, that was a big turning point for us, and um, yeah, I'm real happy that he that he you know didn't play Origin as as selfish as that that is for us as a team. It, it definitely helped us. Mate, uh, look, I've seen a few pictures this year of Tyson Frizzell getting the rig out. Don't you reckon he's a bit old to be getting the rig out with the boys? Like, come on, mate. He looks like 50 Cent. Mate, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we tell him to get the rig out. <laughs> oh, that is great. That is great. Mate, also, uh, Bradman Best, what was it like seeing? Because you guys would have been around the same age, obviously not exactly the same age. What was it like seeing the big fella, first of all, get a mad leg tut, but then also make his origin debut? He uh, <laughs> suits a leg tut, and I wouldn't argue even if, he, if he didn't. Um, but, yeah, Braddy, I grew up playing footy with Braddy. He's, he's a year younger than me, but um, he always played up in age, so I was versing him since I was about 10. So, yeah, to see him reaching the levels he is and, and being able to play with him, it's it's something real cool for me and um, real close with each other's families. And, um, yeah, he's a Central Coast boy and so on. So it's been... Um, yeah, real cool for both of us, I think. So, Phoenix, this is um, this is going to be your first final series that you've been a part of since playing first grade. That's right. Yeah, mate. What, like, what's how are you feeling at the moment? Like, have you spoke to anyone around the club that's played finals? What to expect? Because you know, after this, well, leading into this weekend, you're not really sure of who you're going to play, right? Like, there could be a number of teams, maybe three or four different sides that you could take on. What what's your mindset going into your first your very first finals game? Um, well, I think I haven't really thought too much about it to be honest. I you know I'm resting this week, so I think mainly it's just about getting getting the body right. But um, you know I had, I had Billy Peden over last night for dinner. He's a he's a great man, and we'll, we're actually talking about it. He said um, you know because he's won two two comps. He said, mate, yeah. you're in the first finals. People will actually paint the house red and blue. Like it's that special for the. <laughs> club and um you know so it's you know rugby league's pretty much you know it's the main sport in newcastle so yeah um you know when i allow myself to think about finals footy at the back end of this week starting next week it'll be uh everything for the town and um you know doing the best best weekend to win now mate we, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves right but if you guys win the premiership can you skate down the main road like joey <laughs> Oh, I will. I actually, I, yes, that'll be the <laughs> yes. I think yes. I think most of the boys will be straight to Hunter Street, uh, King Street, out the front of Macus to do that. I think. Oh, <laughs> mate, that would be the best. That would be the best. Yeah. Mate, uh, thanks so much for joining us, Phoenix. Really appreciate it, and uh, also congratulations on such a good year, mate. Thanks, lads. Appreciate right it. Right on, mate. Good on you. There he goes, yeah. the great Phoenix Crossland. He may have taken the throne for wettest hair in the game from Nico Hines. I don't know. That's what the punters are saying. That's what the punters are saying. Anyway, we're going to head to a break. Uh, After the break, plenty, plenty more rugby league to talk about. Time now to break down the best hands in the NRL. Thanks to Schnitz, the best hands in the schnitzel business. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Time now for best hands, thanks to Schnitz, which we just ate, and it was delicious, Smithy. Delicious. Who's the best hands, thanks to Schnitz, this week? Right, righto. Three nominations. One point this week goes to Reese Walsh for his cutout pass for Selwyn Cobbo to score the opening try against the Raiders. Your boys, they're on fire. They were on fire, Kempy. Mate, so good. Um, And I'll tell you what, that was um, a hot start by Reese. Walsh, his game didn't really finish the same way, did it? Nice little tap in the ribs from Joseph Tarpany. Oh, good old-fashioned rib tickler. That'll get you Oh, up. Just, just a little one. Wow. Just to keep you... Hey, mate, 
Clock still running. You got the ball in your hands. He, you know what? He channeled Tarpanair channeled every front rower's fantasy in that moment. Oh, just uh, getting a hold of Reese Walsh. A little, a little fiery, nippy around nimble. the ruck, nimble, yep. as fast as anything player. Yep. Back outside back, getting absolutely resold. Just the, just the eyes would have lit up. Oh hey? my god. Yep. So good. Yep. Uh, anyway, back to our little segment. Two points. It goes to Tyson Gamble. Another cutout pass for Dom Young to score against the Sharkies. As we you know, we just spat to spoke to Phoenix Crossland, and we're talking about the Newey Knights. They are on fire at the moment. Tyson Gamble playing well. They're all playing well. The, the Newcastle Knights boys. So, so good. They're up and about at the moment. Uh, but three points. It goes to Tommy Deard, and now I, I thought he played exceptionally well on the weekend. Took the line on. Um, and, and really attacked down short sides. He was able to create a, a lot of overlaps against the Dolphins. Um, so it was when he went down that short side as a left-hand side of the field and a little another cutout, so the three the three nominations this week are cutout passes, but a, a shorter cutout pass it was for Murray Taolungi um, to go down the short side and score against the Dolphins and to keep the Cowboys' season alive, Kempe. Mate, I want to also, best hands as well, not necessarily mm-hmm. a pass, Best yes. hands to hold a Sarko up. Holy, what a tackle. Mate, how strong. Like, what's going on there? I, I can't wait. Because he's, what, 22? People forget how young Dearden is. Yep. Imagine yep. how good he's going to be in the halves in five years. Yeah, baby. I'm sure the Broncos are looking at that sort of decision to let him go to think, oh, geez. I know they've got some very good halves there right now, but he would have been pretty handy to have in the stocks. Well, when you think about it, you go, okay, if they had been able to keep um, Dearden, you know, maybe Ezra Mam spends a, a year, another year in reserve grade, then Reynolds mm. moves on, and then you have a pa- partnering of uh, Deard and Mam, which would be bloody wow. good for the next 10 years. Um, anyway, that's uh, Best Hands. Thanks to Schnitz. Bite into golden, delicious handcrafted schnitzels after the break. We'll wrap up the first hour. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Let's talk about the judiciary and some big calls. After the news, we'll be talking about that. Yep. We're going to get to some text first, and then we're going to talk about it. <laughs> There's too much to talk about, uh, mate. It's too much. You know what's actually happened is I've, my uh, mm. program in front of me, I've ripped it all apart, and I don't yep. know where everything is. Anyway, let's you get spilled some text. All, you spilled all your schnitz on it. That's mate, what I done. spilled the schnitz. I spilled me lollies, mate. I spilled <laughs> me. Okay, we've got some text here. Yeah, I've got one from Kev. Okay. Kempe. Boys, I walked past Tyson Frizzell at Jamboree Wave Pool in the off-season. Do we know where that is? The, yep. rig, the rig is so good. I went and got my rashi on straight away. <laughs> oh, wow. Don't tell Tyson Poor that. old Kev. Mate. Poor old Kev. Is that Kevy Walters or what? Might have been. Kevy Walters Kev? down Jamboree. Hey, get the ring out. Mm. Yeah, good. Now, after the break, as I said, we're going to talk about judiciary. We're going to talk about resting players, all that good stuff. So make sure to stay tuned. Welcome back to the captain's run. Let's get straight into it, shall we? Let's talk about the judiciary results from last night. Corey Horsburgh. His season is over unless the Raiders make the grand final. Found guilty of a grade one shoulder charge on Corey Jensen and will miss four matches. Jared Warira Hardgreaves failed his bid to have his dangerous contact charge on Abby Corusau downgraded. He will now miss seven matches in total after also oh. pleading guilty to striking Stefano Uta Akamanu. Uh, Cam, mate, what do you think? Does this change anything for the, both sides? And what do you think of the decisions? Well, the biggest blow. Oh, oh. You know, in the context of both of these these players or, or or their teams, their respective sides is is Jared's, mm. like the Roosters. Like this is this is 
not just not just for their chances to make the finals. Like this was going to be the biggest game of their season coming up against the Rabbitohs. Like they're bitter rivals. This is what both fans like. The entire game hangs out for this match between the two clubs because they know there's there's so much feeling between both footy sides. And for my like, just the situation how it unfolded, you know, when these incidents happened, like the game was gone. The Roosters had won, well and truly had total control of the game. They're up by 18 points, I think. And then Jared hits Appy late, which is, you know, it, it's well and truly late and was high. Um, and then goes and headbutts Stefano as well. Like it just, for a guy that's played, what he's nearly played 300 games, like it's 297, I think, or 298 now. Um, something like that. Like for a guy of his experience, he should have known a lot better than that. And and I think it's it's since come out can be that yeah the Tigers boys were they were into him a little bit just you know saying oh mate you're you're too old give it away and give it up and all that sort of stuff up if I was him I just would have turned around and just said boys have a look at the scoreboard mate enjoy your Mad Monday next week yeah I would have said oi, where's your rings bros yeah something like that like I got sledged for the last eight years of my career mm. saying I was too old. Was was there any? I probably was, but anyway. <laughs> was there anyone that that who was the best? Can you say who was the best? You have to say what they said. Who was well, the, mate, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who got stuck into me the worst, right? And uh, it was a preseason game, mate. Clem, David Clemmer, Dave Clemmer, the big fella. Yeah, holy, He's like, mate, you, mate, you're too old, mate. You're too old. <laughs> Give it away, mate. Just retire. <laughs> and so we ended up playing a bit of footy together in the Australian side and. He actually, like, he's a wonderful fellow, Clem. Mm. I get along with him really well, and he's got a beautiful family as well. He actually come back, come back to me. He said, "Mate, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for saying that. I was just trying to put you off your game." <laughs> I said, "No, that's all good, mate. It's no dramas. Like you do what you got to do." Mm. But it was all a bit of fun. Like I had a laugh. I said, "Come on, mate. Like seriously, is that all you got? <laughs> really? Is that all you got, Clem? Come on." Oh man. Um, but yeah, like back to these, um, you know, suspensions. That's that's a costly one. For the Roosters, you know, and particularly now, like we we still got to wait and see whether Joey Manu's going to take the field. I, I couldn't see him playing. Like maybe I go to you you on this one, Kempy. Like hamstring strain, outside back, it's risky. Oh mate, I mean, I would be, I'd be honestly one of the most shocked I've ever been for a player to play to go to go hamstring strain where he has to come from the field, and then to put him on the next week. You know, I'm no physio, obviously. Go, shout out mm. NRL Physio on Instagram, who's great. But you're almost guaranteeing a tear. Yeah. Like, if he's twinged it less than seven days before and he had to come from the field in a game yeah. that the Roosters needed to win, yeah, oh, mate, you're, you're playing with that's, fire. That's probably showing the severity of it there, mm. like where you come from the field straight away. Like, you tell straight away, he sort of bent down to sort of get that ball and it was a classic hammy injury, wasn't it? Mate, he'll be lucky. Um, he'll be lucky to be back in two weeks with hammy injury yeah. like that. So, but, so with him out, um, and with the way the Roosters were have been playing in the last month, can't be like I've just, geez, it's a big blow, a huge blow, like yeah. to their chances to play finals now. Because you know, with with all the talk that's gone on around the Rabbitohs and you know all that sort of stuff, you can only assume, right? You can only assume that they're going to come out all guns blazing mm. in this. In this in this matchup this weekend, I know Latrell's not playing, but I'm I'm assuming the playing group have spoken. 
you know, to each other and said, listen, we need to respond and we need to respond the best way possible and that's with a good performance. So that's that's a huge out. Given his experience, you know, particularly in these big games, um, a big out, Jared. Corey, on the other hand, um, they're, they're, they're in a slightly better position, you know, the Raiders. But again, a huge loss. Like He's been a huge part of this season and as to why they're currently sitting in the top eight. Um, I think the there has to be a few things go their way, uh, go against them. Sorry, the Raiders. So they got a tough opponent this week. There's no doubt about that in the Sharkies, um, but they have to have a couple of games or teams below them win for them to to drop out. So I think they need they need Roosters and North Queensland. I think is the scenario. They need both of those sides um, to win this weekend. So North Queensland playing uh, Penrith. And, of course, Roosters playing the Rabbitohs for the Raiders to drop out. So the likelihood of both of those things happening is quite low. But you never know. You just never know in this game. Oh, if look, if they can lose to – the Para can – sorry, Penrith can get lose to Para. Um, mm. you know, and, and play poorly. And play poorly. And they've been playing not great for a few weeks now to their standard, what, they, what we yes, used to. Their standard. Their yes. standard compared yep. Um you know, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. And Sharks, I think, will be looking to bounce back from last week. And I don't actually, mm-hmm. even though the score, you know, did wasn't the best score, obviously. I did, actually yep. didn't mind the Sharks mm-hmm. in that game. I actually thought they were pretty good for most of it. They just didn't have the ball, uh, which mm. is something that maybe Nico Hines could fix. Yes. Um, but, yeah, with, with Corey Horsburgh, what are your thoughts on the decisions? You know, do you think they're harsh? Now, I think Corey Horsburgh's situation, he had carryover. And obviously, yep. Hargreaves had carryover points as well. Yeah, I know. Well, well, given the grading of it, like it's a grade one. And so he was offered, what, three? Mm. Went forward it, lost, got four. Um, it's it's a big price to pay, isn't it? Oof. It's a really big price to pay um, for that grading. But I, but I think they, they sort of they, – they frown upon shoulder charges um, a lot more than what they do other sort of – um, incidents where they where they they received like a grade one um, grading compared yep. to a shoulder charge. I think they sort of they they punish that a lot more harshly than what they do other grade one incidents. So um, it's unfortunate that 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 comes back to bite them at, at the very pointy end of the season. It, yeah, yeah, it's not good. Some people are saying it wasn't even a shoulder charge. And look, I understand that in today's and yesteryear, you'd be going, mate. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. this is nothing. <laughs> literally nothing. But yeah, in today's game, you just you just can't. You just can't even get close to it. It's not even yep. worth it, uh, unfortunately, yep. which is disappointing. But it is what it is. Now, thoughts on teams mm. resting their players. So, you know, you could sit here all day listing all the players rested. But mm. just essentially, any team that has almost guaranteed themselves where they'll be in the finals... Yep. Outside of maybe Penrith, who is pretty much playing with full strength, yep. At the moment, now that may change if that may change. I think if um, Broncos win, yes. Um, but anyway, what are your thoughts um, on players resting before finals? Yeah, look, I, I don't. I'm for it, and I understand the reasons why you know teams and particularly the coaches are making these decisions to to rest players because you know. The win or loss on the weekend makes no difference as to where they finish. So there's no real gain that they can get from the weekend. The only the only sort of team that would be looking to gain something would be 
either Penrith or Broncos for that minor premiership. So of the teams playing this weekend, there's what? Broncos, Storm, Warriors, uh, the Knights are resting players. They're the four sides, aren't they? Everyone else is pretty much, you know, they, they need their, well, Penrith have put their pretty much, as you mentioned, their full string side in. They they want to bounce back from last week where they they didn't play well by their standards. So they want to take some good form into week one of the finals. Mm. But with the Broncos, they seem as though they, they're content to finish top two, which they can't finish outside top two. Mm. There's an opportunity for them to, to win the minor premiership, but, you know, for the Broncos, big club, um, make huge profits every year. I don't think 200000 which is the, the winner of the minor premiership, they receive two hundred grand. I don't think that's going to make a huge difference to them. <laughs> so I, I think they're, they're content finishing top two. Mm. which is why they're looking at the opportunity to rest players. The Melbourne Storm have taken out 11 of their 17 from last week, Kempi. Wow. So they're in the same boat. They're like, right, we can't improve our position into the top two. We can't drop out of the top four. So here's an opportunity to rest all of our players. Now, I've seen some comments from a lot of people around going, yeah, this is rubbish. They shouldn't be allowed to do this. You know, it's... it's, um, you know, what type of game are we going to watch this Thursday night at Suncorp between, you know, Melbourne and the Broncos? It's more like a Queensland Cup game. But you've got to look at it from the point of view of if your team is to – if you're a Storm supporter or if you're a Broncos supporter and your team goes on to win the premiership, right, are you going to look back and go, I still wish those players played in round 27? Because mm. I tell you what, talking about the modern game, okay, just with that – and it's regarding, you know, Corey Horsburgh with that shoulder charge. I'll tell you what happens in the modern game. It is so easy to either miss games coming up through suspension or miss games coming up through concussion protocols. Mm. It is so easy. So if Kevy Walters runs the risk this week of playing Reese Walsh or a Payne Haas, um, you know, Herbie Farmworth, they're just three of what? eight or so players that he's taken out of this game. If they suffer a head knock, which is, let's just say both um, teams played their top liners, it would be a finals game come a week early. Yeah. Right? It would be high intensity. So the likelihood of someone getting a head knock somewhere, if they're categorized as a um, cat one head knock, they're gone, Kempi. Yeah. They are gone from week one of finals. So... Then you'd be turning around thinking, oh, geez, I wish he didn't play. I wish he was kept out of it, yeah. you know. So that's the that's where you got to understand where the, the coaches and the teams are coming from. It is so risky to play in this last game heading into a finals campaign where your goal is to go and win the premiership. And what's funny is that Kevy actually spoke about this and – you know, Kevy's stinging over this. Like, he does not want to rest players and not have the best chance at winning a minor premiership. It's not mm. like he's sitting there going, oh, easy decision. So, yeah, you know, that's right. And I, you know, I'd, I'd argue the same with Bellamy. Like, he doesn't want to go up to Suncorp and lose. Like, he, no, he that's right. Like, well, you don't, want to, you don't want to have a loss going into final series. And I know how competitive, you know, Craig is and Kevy as well. Like, it's been 23, three, 23 years, Kempi, since the wow. Broncos won a minor premiership. Crazy. So I'm sure they'd love to win it. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And they'll be out to win it this weekend. But you've got to take into consideration like, just just how easy it is to lose players moving forward mm. through suspension 
Well, there's injury, of course. Everyone talks about injury. Oh, well, you know, it's risky. It might get injured. Take injury out of it. The risk of being suspended and or ruled out through concussion protocols, but, you know, it's the, the risk of either one of those two is so high in the modern game. Yeah, and I think as well, you know, in back in the day, I think we used to suspend on intention to a degree. Like, did he intentionally take his head off? Mm. Whereas I think today the intention is completely disregarded and usually it is what happened. Yes. And sometimes on a footy field, you know, I, I, the, a lot of people watching, they don't actually feel it because they're watching it in slow-mo. But until you've kind of been out there and realize how quickly things happen, you could mm. go out there, literally the coach would say before you run off, run on to everyone, boys, no head highs. Don't even yeah. go near it. <laughs> but something could just happen in a split second. Boom, yep. you're gone for two weeks, three weeks. I mean, look at Corey Horsburgh. Like a, quite an innocuous mm. tackle that, okay, maybe by the law it was a shoulder charge. But, you know, when you look at it actually happening, did it did it do that much damage? Was it Did it look intentional like he was trying to hit his head or anything like that? I don't even know if he did hit his head. Mm. He's gone. Four weeks. Yep. That's yep. how quick it can happen. Yeah, so you can't blame him, mate. You mm. really can't. And, you know, for one week of, you know, not seeing the big big names and the stars out there playing, I think I think you can cop it. Once this week's over, like, the fans will forget about it. They'll be so pumped to have their team playing finals next week. Now we've got some texts here. Uh, hey, boys. Um, the resting of the players is great, in my opinion. I'm a Tigers fan, so I watched a fair bit of rubbish footy. <laughs> Uh, fair bit of rubbish <laughs> footy the last few years. So when it came to finals time, I want a good final series with fresh players. The footy will be better. You also get to see fringe general players plus some young blokes get a run. Yeah, a couple of positives there, see? Yeah, I think so. And I, like, I don't, I just don't know. Look, I could be wrong, and I, I don't think anyone in the media can speak for fans because you, you're never going to be able to speak for every fan. But most fans I've spoken to, they don't go to a game and say, "Oh, damn, I didn't get to see." you know, one game I didn't get to see X player play. Like, I'm sure there are some, but I don't think it's a huge issue where the fans are getting completely robbed because how often have you heard a fan go, I saw this rookie play yeah. before he was a big dog? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we well, we had another text in, and it's a lot like our last text. Beacon Smithy, I'm, I'm a half glass full kind of guy. With some teams being able to rest a host of players, it provides an opportunity for fans and members to get a glimpse of generation next coming through, like you just said. Um, Stormer handing debuts to young Victorian born and bred Suofalongo, highly touted prodigy Jack Howarth, and potentially Coley Guy and Joe Chan, which are sons of former players, both Matt and Alex. It's exciting. Absolutely. That's the way you gotta look at it. You're like you're looking at the next the next crop coming through mm. and know that your team is they're playing finals next week. And, and all your stars are gonna be healthy and they're playing. Uh, and also, you know, what's I guess it's it's almost um a thing in rugby league is the baby Broncos. You know, they always talk about, oh, you know, the baby yep. Broncos when they came in, when all those rep players used to get rested and they would beat, you know, a first grade side, even though they weren't first graders. So that's, that's the opportunity for you know, the baby storm side that's coming in. And a guy like Jack Howarth, you know, he's, he signed a big deal last year and Huge finally deal. gets his sh um, shot. Uh, Tristan Saylor has been killing it in reserve grade. Uh, then you've got guys like Sean Johnson's, whoever's going to replace Sean Johnson, you know, life after Sean Johnson. What does it look like for the Warriors? You know, there's so many things you can take from these games. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got plenty more rugby league to get to, plus our holy schnitz moment of the week. Holy schnitz. Time now for the sporting highlight of the week. Thanks to schnitz, home of fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzels.
Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Time now for our favourite segment, or one of our favourite segments. We, we, they're all our favourites, like children. They're all yeah. our favourites, like children. For all different I, reasons. We'll just reel that right back in. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I get peppered with Holly Schnitz calls, though, when I'm out in my comment <laughs> yeah. sections, which is Same. great. Yep. Mate, uh, Smithy, when did you yell Holy Schnitz? I yelled Holy Schnitz. So I was in, like, the um, – well, I was in the southern part of um, Penrith – Park on the weekend when wow. Parramatta took on um, the Panthers. Enemy territory. And I'll tell you what, when Micah Sivo, he scored one, I went, well, that's, yeah, good try. He's a try scorer. Scored two on, yeah, yeah, no, he scored a, a fair few doubles in his career. Scored three. I started heating up a little bit. And then he went over for four and I went, holy schnitz. Oh, wow. Wow. Micah. Wow. He's just absolutely obliterated. The Penrith's right edge. I tell you, just what, killed him. Scoring four against the Penrith Panthers is pretty hectic. Like, well, te- like teams rarely score four. They average less than four tries against them a game this year. Yeah, and Mike Sivo's just gone. No, I'll, I'll do it myself, boys. The big fella, unbelievable. I, I think that Sivo's yeah. a kind of player that I really feel he's still got a couple of gears left in him. Like, I, I, yeah. and I, th- I think on the weekend he was getting closer to where he probably could play each week. Not score four tries each week, but no, impact no. games each mm. week. What a um, weapon. Weapon. Now, my holy schnitz moment. Yes. Uh, look, I was scrolling through the interwebs uh, yes. on the thing the kids call Instagram. Interwebs. Interwebs. I think that's what yep. they call it. And yep. Josh Hodgson has retired. He has medically retired from wow. rugby league, or well, at least from the NRL, but rugby league. Uh, so, yeah, the great Josh Hodgson has retired. He will not be playing. This will be his last season. He said he's still going to be a part of the game. He thanked all of his clubs that he's been at. But uh, I yelled, holy schnitz, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's big. Big news. Well, he's just signed on with Parramatta, mm. um, you know, and, he, and he's had a horrid run with injuries, like a couple of ACLs. Um, but what a wonderful player he has been for quite some time. He's 33, nearly 34. Um, yeah, played international footy, played some World Cup games against him. Was a was a very, very good dummy half. Mm. Very good dummy half. And he, and he, and he did wonders... When he, when he chose to come over to play in the NRL um, and he landed in uh, in Canberra with the Raiders, like they they turned into a very different footy side, Kempi, when he was there. Oh, absolutely. I think that as well, a guy like him will be a really good, um, you know, coach, not necessarily a head coach. Mentor. A mentor kind of guy that can come in to number nines because I do feel like we've got good number nines in the game, but very few of them genuinely know the craft of a number nine, you know, yep. a lot of some number nines are there for their toughness and the, the, their ability to get through a lot of work, their defense, maybe their speed, maybe whatever. But very few nines genuinely understand the ebb and flow of a rugby league game. And I think Hodgson, you probably could say he did. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Crafty in all aspects of the game. Like, remember when the one-on-one steal come back? Oh in? my god! And it was a real like in vogue thing. Like, you had multiple defenders, and then they everyone's got a call now, right? So drop off the tackle. I'm going to rip the ball. He ended up with like, there was one season there. Like he had a tremendous amount of one-on-one steals. It was like 25 on his own. Oh, mate. So G up. Thief in the night. Absolutely. Thief in the night. So massive congratulations to Hodgson on an yeah. incredible career. Congrats, man. And every yep. everyone that you speak to says he's an absolute legend of a bloke. And uh, yeah, uh, an incredible career. And you know, obviously not the way he would want it to end, but at the same time, you know, a guy as tough as he was, it's almost, 
you know, his body just couldn't handle how tough his mind was, which is is a compliment. It honestly yep. is a compliment. So incredible career. We're going to head to a break. After the break, plenty more rugby league. Welcome back to the captain's run oh, with Chemist Warehouse. We are here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings uh, every day. Uh, club bosses to meet with the NRL over its origin schedule. Club bosses are set to meet with the NRL today and discuss a proposal to condense the origin series to a four-week period. Wayne Bennett, Nick Politis, Frank Panisi, Blake Solly have all spoken about change to origin structure. Cam, do you think origin schedule should change to reduce the effect on NRL clubs? Well, there's all been different theories, right, around origin and, and the impact that it has on club footy. And, I, you know, I can see the point of fans in particular, but also, you know, club officials and, um, you know, football departments looking at ways to try and minimise the impact it has. Like you lose all your top liners um, are gone for a period of time. They very When they come back into club land, they very seldomly train with the first grade squad. Most times the coaches give them off until the captain's run. They play the following day and then they give them another few days of rest. So you lose a bit of that sort of continuity with your footy side because these players spend so much time away from um, the main squad during that, what is it, six-week, seven-week period at the moment. So I can understand why they want to try and condense this. And by condensing it, I'm assuming they're going to shut the comp down as well, Kempi. Is that what you're hearing? I mean, I'd assume so. It'd be insanity to go, you know, three weeks in a row. You, you lose all the build-up. You lose all the hype, the um, form in between games where, you know, a guy has two good games, a guy has two poor games. I think surely you'd have to shut it down and focus on origin in the international game. Mm. Because uh, unless they're just saying, look, the the three games need to be played within a four-week period. Isn't that worse, though, by making them pl- like that well, intensity? I, yeah, I guess the workload on, on those origin those guys playing origin is greater, mm. you would say. Yeah. Particularly if they're asked to go back and play club football as well. Oh. So you by the looks of it, like by saying let's condense it to four weeks – You'd like to think that that it was sort of it's it's almost back to back, to back, yeah, yep. um, game. So it's like a maybe maybe a ten day lead into game one, and then it's a week to the next game or nine days to the next game, and then another nine days. What's that? Do your math there. That's probably longer, way well, too longer. No, that's about four weeks. Yeah, that's, that's about four weeks. It's about thirty days. So. Yeah, so what, 9, 9, 18 plus 10, 28. It's exact. Boom. Seven fours, 28. There, there you, you go. go. I'm a mathematician. I tell you what, mate. It's my hidden talent. I tell you what, you could have been an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the same physique. No uh, disrespect to all the accountants out there listening, our, our very, very loyal listeners of the Captain's Run, who are accountants, mm. great people of the world. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah. So there you go. Stop me from getting fined by the government. So there you go. There you go, Kempi. Maybe it's a 10-day lead-in, game one, nine-day break, game two, nine-day break, game three. I like it, especially if they're – look, this is a real opportunity to go, instead of extending the season and making players play all the way into the depths of November or, you know, late October. No, yeah, you can't do that. You know, because this gives the opportunity for the international game to go, okay, if we shut the comp down for four weeks, Mm -hmm. anyone that doesn't – you know, uh, qualify for the international origin. teams or origin. They play Q Cup or New South Wales Cup, so that bolsters the reserve grade sides, brings people to those games as well. But also, it completely gets rid of the eligibility concerns. Yes. Because everyone is just playing for who they 
are most connected to and who they want to play for. Yes. Um, and I, th- I think that it, it, it almost um, kills two birds with one stone because it's going to bring back – not bring back, it's going to increase the engagement with the international game by giving some of our you know, other nations an opportunity to play more rugby league together so it'll make the World Cup better when it comes around or make international games better. And also it'll give those you know, outside of origin fans when it comes to like Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, PNG, all of those countries – Gives them a locked in each year. They get to look forward to that part of the year. Yeah. And nearly every player would be involved in either origin or that representative, that international football, wouldn't they? Oh, for sure. For sure. But when you look at, uh, I think at the moment, like the Penrith Panthers, they have 26 representative players. Wow. Now, I know they're one of the, you know, they are the, the benchmark of the competition, have been for a few years. But like if you go through, you know, Melbourne, you go through Brisbane, nearly every club would have. Pretty much all of their players playing either state of origin or some sort of international football during that little period. Mm. So everyone, everyone, you know, gets their gets their footy. They you know, maintain their match fitness and all their you know touch with the football and all their timing and all that sort of stuff. No one's sitting still for for a month. Mm. And and there's plenty of football on show for all the fans. Yeah. I think it's a really – and also you make it like a magic month. You know, you, you the media spend around it, the hype you could build around it where – because, you know, during Origin, it's great to see the young guys come through. Like I got my debut when Carmichael, I think – yeah, Carmichael had been called up into the Origin side. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know some people say, oh, the young fellas wouldn't get a debut if Origin, you know, they didn't lose their key players. I, so I get the, the argument that you want to see these young guns play for the club, but – I mean, me personally as a fan, when it gets around origin time, I, obviously I still watch the footy, but it's just I'm, all I'm thinking about is origin. That's all I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm not thinking yeah. about club. Yeah. Um, and in the same breath, right, in the same conversation, if they weren't to change it, I'd be happy with that too, to be honest. Mm. Like I, I've, you know, I was lucky enough to play um, state of origin in that structure of you know, the three-game series with you know, it takes about six or seven weeks for it to be completed. From a player's point of view, un- until the very last series that I played that I was a part of in, in 2017, like I didn't really, you know, sort of feel the effects of it all that much. Like, sure, you're a little bit fatigued when you come back to your club. Um, you know, you just played a game of the highest intensity on a Wednesday night. But I don't know. There was always something about myself and, and all of my teammates at the Melbourne Storm too. Like there was some sort of like pride in, in going back and pulling on the Melbourne Storm jersey, mm. which I'm sure a lot of lot of other players do at all the other clubs as well, but it wasn't until the very end, Kempi, when you know, I was I was at the very back end of my career when I finished up, where I, I I just I physically and mentally could not get back for that game on the weekend, which was you know two or three days after the the State of Origin match. So I, I like that we're having conversations about how we can try and minimise the impact that it has on our com- competition, but at the same time, if those conversations break down and and we go we just fall back to the way it is at the moment i think it's still a very good product that that we have oh for sure if it's not if it's not broken don't fix it to a degree you know like i don't think it's a desperate thing that is hurting the game at all i think it, it's um yeah as you said like as long as we you all sit down and you can really look at okay this is genuinely going to make the game better for everyone yep. That's the only time you'd want to change anything because it's been like this for how long now? It's been – it's the pinnacle of Australian sport to a degree. I know we've just had the World Cup, but year on year, it's the pinnacle of Australian sport. 
Mm. Um, you don't want to be messing with that too much if there isn't enough advantage to make that sacrifice. Yeah. Cause, and then we've just gone back to the three Wednesdays as well. you got to remember that. Yeah. Like they try to condense it by going Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. And for whatever reason, they they went away from that. Mm. It, it obviously wasn't um, ideal for the game overall, um, whether that be players, clubs, or um, the business as as a whole. Um, we've gone back to the three Wednesdays, which is – that's the other thing, mate, like – the three Wednesdays, it's worked for a very, very long time. Yeah. It's a successful product. As you said, it's the showpiece of, of rugby league. People people that don't that aren't rugby league people tune in to watch it. Mm. So, it, again, you'd have to put forward a very compelling case to the league to say this needs to change because these are the positive things that will come because of it. Mm. Uh, now we've got some texts here. Uh, get a goat and Cameron. Oh. Yeah, go to Cameron. <laughs> as as a long suffering drag uh, doggies fan, I could not agree more, and I hope they let the Deadwood go. I can't imagine Ogre and Willie would be impressed with people dragging their feet like this. Mm. So that's um, referencing our our conversation at the start around standards and behaviours mm. um, with Cameron Seraldo. So yeah, there you go. Long a long time uh, doggies fan there, which they you know they've obviously seen the best of the Bulldogs. Yeah. And players that that did represent the club in the right way and and had high standards about the way they went about their daily routines. Yeah, and and they were known, you know, especially during that period, the dogs were known for having a crazy training schedule, um, and a very ruthless. I mean, they were called the dogs of war. Like, mm. um, th- this was a, an extremely ruthless forward pack, extremely ruthless team. Uh, so. Yeah, look, I, I think that if there are players that don't agree, and, and, and for both people, if there's a player that doesn't agree, then it's best for him that he also moves on. You know, if he, if he feels that this isn't the place for him to be the best he can be, then then it should fight somewhere else. It's really, it goes both ways. Yep, absolutely. Goes both ways. Um, got another text here. Uh, Smithy, didn't like you as a player, but loving you as a commentator. As a Bulldog oh. fan of 40 years, unfortunately, passion and ethos at the Bulldogs were known for seems to have become irrelevant. I'd be happy to sacrifice a couple more seasons of no results to put together a squad of players that have the Bulldogs' passion from Harry. Yeah, good on you, Harry. Yeah, it's just – and going that's going back to you know, what we spoke about before about it's it's not a quick fix. It's not a quick fix. Like, they're going to have to continue to work hard at, you know, building these standards around what they're trying to do at the moment. And, um, you know, I, it'll turn. Like we spoke about on the show, mate, earlier in the year, like there were some good signs from the Bulldogs quite early. They've fallen away in the back half of this season, but some really positive signs for that club at, the, at early on. But they just need to get used to getting through the grind of the year, the hard work that needs to continually be put in every day. Look, as you you know talked about at the Storm, no club go, does, like every club goes through growing pains when they want to become go from good to great. You're never going to have the same no. you know kind of there's going to be people that get squeezed out when you go from good to great because it just, maybe it just doesn't suit them. They, they go better at another club or whatever it is. Um, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we get to our rising stars. Thanks to the Bailey ladders. Welcome back to the captain's run with Cameron Smith. Time to see which young players are climbing up the Bailey ladder. Worksite trusted for over 60 years. 60 years, Kempy. That's pretty impressive. It's incredible. <laughs> wow. They just don't break. <laughs> Holy. Ever. Oh, Ever. my God. Well, they might 
in the 61st year, maybe. And but look, that's, that's, that's bang for your buck. If you're getting yep. a 61 year and you've got oh, a ladder, that's good. Absolutely. That's unbelievable. It's going to outlast you, probably. <laughs> uh, on to our nominations. Uh, first one this week, Tristan Riley from the Tigers in just his second game. 23-year-old. He had one try, one line break, and had four tackle breaks. Tigers just going down, but well, well done to Tristan Riley. Second nomination goes to Zach Labart. Just his third game, 21-year-old, he had two tries, ran for 150 metres and made one line break. I watched that game live. I called that game. He was, he was great. very, very good, Zach Labart. Yep. Very good. Um, in fact, um, he's got a huge future in front of him. If he you know, keeps his head down and keeps working hard and playing that, that style of footy, he'll be playing a lot more NRL um, in the future. And my third nominee this week goes to Dylan Lucas from the Knights. In just his fifth game, the 23-year-old had one try, ran for 170 metres, one line break, and made 36 tackles on top as well. Mate, what a knock by him. Mm, that's a big game. Oh, mate. And I, I, don't, I don't even think he played 80. So, And they put a little bit of a score on too. So to have like those type of – like 36 tackles. Yeah. On yeah, top wow. of the efforts with the footy. Very good. I think Joey was saying as well he came through as a centre and now they've kind of beefed him up as a back rower. Yeah. Um, well, that happens a fair bit, mate, eh? Yeah. You yeah. see a lot of, like, junior – well, guys playing junior footy in the centres when they continue to grow and then they fill out a bit, become back rowers. Mm. Happens quite regularly. I'm still waiting to fill out, Smithy. Still waiting. <laughs> Not happening. Not happening, bros. <laughs> well, if Tommy – mate, if Tommy organised some more schnitz, you might be able to. Oh, mate. You'll fill out easily. I was surprised when it rocked up today, if I'm being honest. I thought I thought they just didn't send it anymore. But anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, let's get let's talk about uh, Zach Labutt, though, because mm. you've got Peter Hicker, who is signed with the Huddersfield. At, uh, very, at the very least, I know he's signed in the Super League, so he is leaving at the end of this year. Mm. And there were whispers going around that the Cowboys were actually trying to chase Alamotti from the, right. the Bulldogs, who is an 18-, 19-year-old young gun that killed it through the younger grades. But yep. that all went quiet, and now Zach Labart has stepped up and he's playing some really good footy. You know, do you think that he's he's the front runner to get that that centre spot? Well, you know, I, I think anything, something that may hold him back could possibly be his inexperience. But as I said, mate, like the way he played on the weekend, very good. And now I know he was playing against you know the Dolphins, who you know they haven't been great in the last what six to eight weeks. But he, the way he attacked the footy, the way he carried the ball, um, very good and mm. defensively like sound as well. Mm. And like looking at his, looking at his sort of his frame, his physique, like he's another guy that's you know still got a lot of growing to do. Um, you know, he's only twenty one years of age, so like a couple of more preseasons, he's going to be a bit bigger, a bit stronger, a bit more powerful. But he handled himself beautifully on the weekend, and as I said, like he, watching it live and calling it, like he was one of the standouts for me. Yeah, wow. In that cowboy side, was it was it the big plays he made or the energy that he played with? Because sometimes it's the energy that stands out. Yeah, well, he played with a lot of energy, and he was there for you know some tough carries as well, Kempy. Like mm. he wasn't just looking for like the good ball opportunities. Yep. Would you see a lot of? You know, I shouldn't say a lot, but you see a, some rookies. You know, they just sometimes they're a little bit sort of they, they don't particularly want to get involved in that hard stuff they want you know the more easier runs and and that's okay it's it's all about confidence right they might be just a little bit sort of down on confidence in their first couple of games but I thought Zach Laybart he he got he had high involvement he looked for those tough carries and a couple of his finishes were very good mm. 
He got some space on that left-hand side, and he was able to come back off his left foot, I think for both of his tries mm. that he scored, and come back in field, beat multiple defenders to score those points. So, yeah, there's a fair bit about him um, you know, moving forward, I think. I actually think that a guy like Campbell Graham is a really good uh, example of that, of building their game on the tough carries. You know, for mm. many years, he was beloved by Rabbitohs fans, and yeah. because he took all those tough carries that a lot of young fellas don't, Yep. And now his game has grown into, you know, one of the better setters in the game. So um, we're going to head to a break. After the break, uh, well, that's brought to you by Bailey Ladders, bringing safety and efficiency to the worksite for over 60 years. After the break, we'll go over your text and the second hour. Welcome back to the captain's run. Let's uh, get to some texts here. Afternoon, Kempi and Goat. I believe rugby league is at a crossroads when it comes to the draw. In my opinion, and before everyone shoots me down, I know it won't happen. I'd have a 17-round comp. Everyone plays each one one, each each other once with three standalone state of origins and the internationals on the same weekends. Play the first six rounds before the first origin. Next origin slash internationals could then be played before rounds nine and 12. Cheers, the big G. What do you reckon, Smithy? Yeah, I think... Um... I think we actually really need to look at our competition and the length of it. Like 27 weeks is a long, long period of time, oh my I God. believe. Yeah. And particularly when you look at, um, like, you look at the other codes, like the AFL, they got more teams than we do, and their season is so much shorter. Now, I, don't, I know they don't have state of origin, all right? But, like, how do they complete that season so much shorter than us? Let's mm. have a look at it. 27 weeks is a long, long time. Absolutely. Long time. Definitely worth having a look at. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we preview some rugby league. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We're here for Chemist Warehouse. Heading to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Let's get to the match. Broncos v Storm Suncorp Stadium. We've already gone through all the players <laughs> missing. The Broncos playing for a minor premiership. The Storm playing for one of the best records ever at a stadium, really. Especially, you know, at the Broncos Suncorp Stadium. Mm. Smithy. How do you see this one playing out? Mate? What well, Camp? What is the actual record? I've seen. Did I? I don't know if I misread this or I may have just made this up. I don't know. I might be just getting a little bit too old. But have the Storm not lost to the Broncos at Suncorp for fourteen years? Is that right, mate? It's something crazy. It's is something, that? Yeah. Am I am I accurate in saying that? And I think there's even there's even a stat where they actually haven't even beaten the Broncos. Haven't beaten the Storm in like a few years. That's crazy. So. With that in mind, um, Kevy will have these young boys fired up. Okay, they'll have them fired up, and they, he's got a couple um, making their debut: Josh Rogers and Blake Moser. Blake Moser, of course, he's a he's a dummy half who has got a lot of raps on him up here in in Queensland. He's only nineteen, I think. So, Captain Queensland under nineteens. Yeah, a lot of raps on um, Blake Moser. So, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. It's I, I think it's it's. Yeah, it's it's a nice week for him to make his debut. You know, he's not taking on a full strength Melbourne Storm. It's going to be a little bit, bit of an easier transition into first grade. But he's still playing against some quality players. Like let's let's not cross our words here. But um, going to be great to see him make his debut. There's going to be a big crowd there. Yeah. Um, you know, let's say forty. It's going to be close to forty thousand. So this is a big occasion for these young guys. Um, Storm as well. You know, we mentioned off the top they they're resting a lot of players. A couple of. Uh, Debutants for the Storm as well, Sua Falongo. And I'll, Kempi, I'll, I'll let you talk about Sua and you know what you've seen from him, particularly in the early parts of the year in those those preseason games. 
Oh, mate, he is exciting as anything. He's not not big, as in, you know, for a rugby league player. Mm. I think he'd probably be maybe similar-ish to Ryan Pappenhausen with a little bit more muscle mass, maybe. Yep. But his footwork is seriously explosive. Like, we're talking RTS kind of explosive. That's how good his footwork is. Now, he's not as big as RTS, which was always so unique about RTS, was the fact that he was, you know, 94, 95 kilos, moving like an 80-kilo back. Yeah. But Sua, yeah, he is super exciting, uh, one to watch. And I think um, he wasn't in the top 30 initially this year, and he got moved into it, I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. And also, I think he was brought up in uh, Victoria, if I recall yes. correctly. Yep. So he's actually a homegrown um, young player Perhaps. coming through, So, which mm. is really, really interesting to see and almost unique. I know there's been other players, but you're genuinely seeing a player that has been f- essentially fully moulded by Craig Bellamy and the system that Craig Bellamy has created with, obviously, the mm. people around him. Really, really exciting player to watch, and I would be shocked if he doesn't have the crowd on their feet at some point in the game. Yeah, so he played, I believe he played fullback uh, for the Storm in their trial match against the Warriors, I think, at Geelong early in the year. So, And he was, by ear to really classy touches, um, really classy touches. And, and he got into some open space at times. And as Kempi said, like he is he is like lightning um, when you get him into some space, um, particularly around, you know, sort of like those bigger forwards when he gets, gets in there and takes some runs through the middle. So with that in mind, like maybe... Maybe Craig Bellamy's thinking Pappenhausen won't play eighty. Um, he might just might just he'll start him. Might ask him to play out sixty and then bring Sura onto the field. Um, but you know, either way, like he might play out play out the eighty and and Sewer comes on and plays maybe just a a roll through the middle. Like he's big enough to do that. Um, and also another player on debut as well for the Storm, Jack Howarth. This guy's been on um, the the sort of the, the books with Melbourne Storm since he was about 14 or 15, I believe, Kempi. Yeah, wow. So he, he has been highly regarded by the people in the Melbourne Storm for a long period of time, you know, from a very early age. Um, and as you mentioned you know, a little bit earlier in the show, he he just signed a um, an extension. It was like a five-year contract that he signed. Mm. So they've obviously got big raps on this young man. He's only 20. I think he turns 21 this year. Um, and they've, they've intentionally held him back, I suppose, because... I guess if you've got that bigger raps on you and you yet to play first grade, there's a reason why you haven't. So they've held him back a little bit, and they've seen this as a perfect opportunity. He's a centre back rower, um, so you know he's he looks fantastic. He, he's been playing some some consistently good footy in uh, in the Queensland Cup now for a little bit. So yeah, keen to see those two players come out. Look, my thinking on this is that I think the Storm just might struggle a little bit without their key position players like Grant, Munster, Hughes. Mm. I know they've got an experienced guy in, in Pappenhausen at the back now, um, but he's only, what, 20 minutes back into first grade. Mm. So he's still going to be a little bit rusty. Um, and they're taking a fair bit of their, you know, their starting forward pack out too with, you know, Kamika Meath not playing. Nelson Asofa Solomon is not playing. I just think that, you know, coming up against Brisbane, very confident, playing at home, it just might be a bit tough of ask for these young guys to, to beat the Broncos. Yeah, and I think some might say, well, you know, look at the Broncos, they're missing their spine. I would say that the Storm are really, really heavily reliant on mm. those four players. Not to say the Broncos aren't, but 
Broncos do have a tendency to just go a power game and just straight up the middle. And sometimes that's a little bit easier to, I guess, replicate when you don't have your key players in. On top of that, they've still got guys like Flegler playing, Palacia still playing. You know, yeah. it's a high Corey quality Jensen. forward, Corey Jensen. So these guys have been playing some really, really good footy. Uh, just with the Broncos' young guns, um, you know, you spoke about it, but keep your eye on Blake Moser. He's a he's a very crafty number nine, huge wraps. He led the uh, Queensland under-19s. Now, he's not um, he's not in the Harry Grant mould. He's not really mm. that kind of hooker or the Damien Cook. And yet, he's not even really in the Apicorosau either. He's kind of somewhere in between, to be honest. You know, I've only seen a bit of him, but similarish to the way obviously Smithy played. Now, you know, still a very long way to go, but that <laughs> style of, of player. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see because Billy Walters has been outstanding this year, but very good. You know, Moser has been, he's the heir apparent, really. Uh, yeah. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Blake Moser coming into next year because Walters has been so good. Um, but it's a really exciting game. I, I agree with you. I think when you look at the rosters, I think the Broncos should, on paper, get the job done. But we're talking about a Bellamy coach side that just somehow, some way, knows how to yep. beat the Brizzy Broncos. What, what can be? What, what's what's the Broncos? What are your thoughts on the three number nine? So Tyson Smooth, he's named to start. Mm. Then you got Blake Moser on the bench with Corey Pakes as well. So one of those guys, they'll they'll play a different position, surely. I think you'll see Corey Pakes come on and play like a lock. I reckon. Okay. Through the yeah, middle. Okay. Yeah, um, because at the moment we've got Palacier at lock, and he is—I'm pretty sure it's Palacier at lock. He's yep. a big, big boy, and I don't see him playing uh, 80 minutes. Yes. Whereas Corey Pakes is super explosive, good ball player, uh, and for Gold Coast Titan fans that are listening, watch Palacier because he's been signed by you guys for next That's year, right. and he is a fantastic player, like a really, really good player. Um, another guy to watch—he's already been playing some footy, but Brendan Piacora, outstanding player. But uh, let's get to the next game. Let's get to the yep. next game. We have the Seagulls v the Tigers. How do you see it playing out? Well, the Seagulls, they're, you know, they're, they're going to try and make a little run on the end of their season. And I'll tell you what, all off the back of their skipper, DCE. How good is he playing? Oh, my God. Seriously. How good is he playing? And don't want to be controversial here, but seriously, if you're picking a kangaroo side right now, I reckon he could easily be the number seven. Well, I mean... I'd go as far to say as if you're picking the best seven this year, it's between him and SJ probably with Cleary yeah. just a bit behind because he missed so much footy. Yeah, through injury. That's right. And then DC was a part of a winning state of origin side as well. He mm. led them beautifully, you know, both through his – wasn't just his football um, and his output on the field, but the way – like his leadership that he showed. So, um, yeah, pretty interesting to see what's going to happen at the end of the year. But we'll get back to this game. I think um, – yeah, I think Manly. I think Manly. I've, I've seen some really good positive, you know, some positive signs from the Tigers over the last three weeks, last four weeks maybe. They've had some narrow in the games that they've lost. They've been, you know, it's narrow losses. They've been there right at the end. But I think, uh, yeah, I think Seagulls, mate. I think Seagulls too good. Led, led by DCE. He's just crafty. He's too smart for them at the moment. And, yeah, he's just picking teams apart. So I think he'll that'll continue and Seagulls to get the victory. Yeah, Seagulls are such a, I guess, enigma of a side. It's almost, as soon as you let the shackles off, they put on top eight performances. Yeah. You know, when they get in games that they face the top tier sides, it's not just like they lose by what you would expect them to lose because, you know, they're, you know, just a bit below. They, they just seem mm. to go away with what makes them so good. Mm. Um, but on the weekend, you could have swore you were watching 
a top six side that was about to play finals footy. I know the Bulldogs haven't been going great, but you know the, the last few weeks, even against the um, the Penrith Panthers, when Manly season is essentially over, like they could have won and then won the rest of their games and things had to go their way, but it was essentially over. They yeah. put on one of their better performances, so they're really a. It must be. It must be a mixture of exciting as a Manly fan, but also like, oh, I just wish we could find a way to get this together in the middle of the season. Yeah, I, I think as if I was a Manly fan, that's the way I'd look at it. I, I look at it that way, you know, from a from a, a spectator point of view, a person watching football. I, if they get a win on this weekend, they're going to miss the finals by two wins, you know, and some of the losses that they suffered, um, you know, throughout this year, you, you're sort of thinking, well, they were games that they could have won. Mm-hmm. They were games that they could have won, you know, like some of the, some of the teams that they played against, um, you know, they went down to the Gold Coast Titans um, earlier in the season. Um, Draw with the know, Knights. With the Knights. And, you know, you just think, well, you know, and I know they had a bit going on, you know, some players out, Tommy Turbo in and out of the footy side with injury and all that sort of stuff. And, but, you know, like I just, you just think, well, you know, if they had their time again, <laughs> well, everyone would love their time again when they're not yeah. playing finals. But, I mean, if you think back and just if, – if they just placed a bit more importance on, on those on those games mm. earlier in the year, not thinking, well, you know, we've still got, you know, 12 rounds, 10 rounds to go. Like, we'll, we'll get a – we'll pick a few victories there. Nah, it goes back to our conversation that we've had, you know, many times this year about banking wins early, Kempi. Mm. Yeah. How important they are. Yep. and not trying to claw your way back at the end of the season, which, you know, they've done quite well um, of late. But, you know, I think, um, you know, they've, they've just left, left some of their, their better footy way too late. Now our SEN League same-game multi for this match. Tolu Kola, two or more tries. Brad Parker, anytime try scorer. Manly 13 plus, it equals 23.75. After the break, we continue our round 27 preview. Welcome back to the captain's run. Now let's get into the absolutely mammoth clash. Isn't it funny how the world just seems to put rugby league in the right spot at the right time? Who would have thought round one that the Rabbitohs and the Roosters, two premiership threats, would be playing Mm. each other for a spot in the eight come round 27? Oh, incredible. Amazing. Incredible. And like thinking about the game last year, now was it, was it a finals game where they got seven in the bin? Or was that just one of the – was that the regular season game? Um, one of them. One of them. It was at the end of the season anyway. It's a yeah. very similar situation to this. Um, and there's a bit happening with both footy sides. So Latrell, of course, not not there. Blake Taff will be playing in the number one jersey, which, you know, he has done through the most part of this year with you know Latrell being out for – a lot of the matches with that calf issue. Um, Tedesco is back, which is great for the Roosters, given Joey Manu. He's under a lot of doubt, even though he has been named Kempe. He's, he's been named to play in the centres um, to take his spot. So that'll be interesting to see right. what happens there. Um, and, of course, Jared out for a long period of time. He won't be back until, like, round five or something next year. So um, big news for both footy clubs. I just – I feel as though oh, – <laughs> If the injury hadn't occurred to Joey and Jared didn't have his little episode and he now and is now suspended, I would have tipped the Roosters. Yeah. I, I just think I think they're playing the football that we all expected them to play at the very beginning of the year. Mm. Like they're defending strongly, they've got some resilience, you know, they're they're 
they're playing physic like physical footy, which they have played in, in in parts of this season, but they're consistently doing it well now. But their attack, their attack, mate, like it's they finally found some sort of you know continuity with their with their attack, and they all they all seem to be on the same page, and they know which direction they're heading with their football, and um, you know they're going after the games like whereas. For the most part of the year, like I've been at some of their games live, and they just they look they they looked through that period lost. Mm. They actually yeah. didn't know what was happening. Yeah, uh, but now they they seem to you know have them have themselves you know back on track, which is great. But in saying that, I think with a couple of these changes, particularly if Joseph Manu is out, oh, I think the Rabbitohs, off the back of the last fortnight and what's going on, and plenty of talk about them, I think they'll be, I think they'll be up for this one. Yeah, the, the Hargreaves out is a big out. Look, I'm actually still going to tip the Roosters. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, because I just feel with the Rabbitohs that they've had every reason to turn up aggressive, angry, yeah. and put an 80-minute performance on, and they mm-hmm. just haven't managed to. And the way I see this game going, Rabbitohs come out firing for the first yep. half or 20 to half. Mm-hmm. Then they get into the grind of things, and they fall back into maybe their habits that they've kind of picked up over the last 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Roosters, I feel that, okay, Joey's a massive out, Hargreaves is a massive out, but they just have, they seem to have settled into a style of play at the very least. I don't think they're playing as good as they should be playing, but I do think that they're playing definitely their best footy of the year, but also playing to a specific style at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, and just quickly, uh, for Broncos fans, watch Fletcher Baker. He is signed with the Brisbane Broncos next year. Also, for Storm fans, uh, Jack Howarth, he plays, in my opinion, very similar to Angus Crichton, so another player to, to watch. Um, but, yeah, with the Rabbitohs, I just – for every week, essentially, I've gone, this is the week. Everything's going on and there's all this pressure. They're going to come out and absolutely kill it. But I just don't know whether they'll be able to click into gear for 80 minutes just like that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Mm. I just think that – I'd like to think over the last fortnight, right? So they had the buy, and then I'd like to think that they have just gone away and worked. Majority of their time they've spent at training, they've worked on their defence. Mm. Mm. That's what for for mine. Like their 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 ball handling and their completion rates have been pretty ordinary by their own standard over the last you know six or eight weeks. But it's their defence for mine. Mm. That's that's where they need to improve. Like yeah. they've been conceding way too many points, a lot of tries that you know usually you don't see scored against the Rabbitohs. and you know for the quality footy sides, when they're defending well, they're playing well. Yeah, their attack follows suit. Mm. It's just it's just what happens in our game is that when you're on defensively, that means like you got to be switched on. Your mind's got to be in the game. You're you're aware of all the things happening around you. You're switched on. That then flows onto your attack, mm. and that and that's when guys like you know Cody Walker and Damian Cook, you know those key position players, um, Lachlan Elias, they're all playing well, mm. and they got high involvement. So I'd like to think over the last couple of weeks where they've had this opportunity to have a bit of a rest and get some, you know, a fair few reps in, reps in a training. They need to have their defence on. Mm. If if they're on defensively, like, and you'll see it pretty early in yeah. the piece, I I think they win it. I tell you what, if they can't get up for this game, it's oh. very, very alarming. Very alarming. So hopefully we see yeah. an absolute epic clash. Now let's get to the Dolphins v. the Warriors. Uh, Dolphins, Jesse Bromwich returns from injury. Jared Wallace moves to the bench. Five starters have been rested from the Warriors. Uh, while Luke Metcalf, hamstring, he's done. Uh, Tohu mm. Harris, he's back. He's uh, may not even be back for week one of the finals, but yeah. still pending. 
Tamaide Martin starts at 5'8", with Ronald Volkman starts at halfback. Uh, Tui Piki at fullback, Ed Cossey on the wing. Yeah, love Tua Piki. Um, Tane Tua Piki, I've seen him for the first time playing against the Titans when he, I think he was activated as 18th man, and he was very exciting. So I can't wait to watch him play at fullback again. Um, another team that's rested a few, as we said, five starters being rested. And I think the Dolphins are going into this one favourites, Kempi. Yeah, wow. Maybe because of, you know, no Sean Johnson there, um, Klukstad not being there, Warriors travelling, got a couple of youngins in this footy side. But I'll tell you what, they just, they haven't been great, the Dolphins, mm. the last couple of weeks. As as much as I, I don't want to say that and talk about it because we've been big fans of the Dolphins throughout this entire year. They just haven't been great, mate. And they were they were sort of dust up a little bit last week. They had a couple of glimpses of some some good things. Um, Jermaine Osako, like oh, he's mate. he is um, he's flying on that right wing at the moment. Like he 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 has the possibility, Kempi, of finishing the year with the most tries and the most points scored. Unbelievable in, in the same year, it's- which was. We spoke about this last week. That the the last person to do so. You know who the last person was that achieved that? Mal Meninga. Correct. Sorry, I I heard that stat before. <laughs> Sorry, Smithy. I should let you had that. Did, I, did I you should... hear that? Where did you hear the stat on on um, World of Sports? World of Sports coverage. It was it was us talking about it. Last oh, week. There you go. It was Smithy. It was Smithy. <laughs> Apologies, mate. Apologies, mate. Um, but but mate, like that's incredible, eh? Oh, bloody oath that is. For uh, Jermaine Osaka. And uh, look, we're talking about Mal Meninga, one of the greatest outside backs of all time. You're talking mm. about Jermaine Osaka, Osaka, who was struggling to get a club last year. Yeah. Couldn't get a start at the Titans. Couldn't get a start at the Broncos. Yep. And I'd argue, and initially, you know, it was brought up on my podcast earlier this year, uh, earlier this week, is he the Dallium winger of the year? And I was like, he's definitely up there in the conversation. I thought about it more. Yeah. He yep. is the Dallium winger of the year. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Huge probability, yeah. huge probability, and on top of that, he um, he has now scored the most points for a player playing in a in a first season franchise. That's he went a, past went past Joel Kane um, with the West Tigers in two thousand. The Sugar Kane, <laughs> yes, yeah, mate, that is going to rob him of some banter at a pub <laughs> for the rest of his life. He's been hanging He's on now, gone, mate. That's twenty years of banter that's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't it, hang your hat on that anymore, yeah, Joel. No, sorry, sugar. You're done there, mate. No more, you know, order me a beer. <laughs> I actually got the most points for a debutant in a in a debutant season for a club. Um, mate, I actually still think the Warriors get the job done. Yeah, what do you same. reckon? Okay. Yeah, I'm Warriors, mate. I'm Warriors. All right, after the break, we'll continue our round preview. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Panthers v Cowboys, Bluebet Stadium. Edwards, Taruva, Kenny, Sorensen all return while Jack Hogger replaces Jerome Luai. Isaac Tongo is named in the reserves and could play his first game since round 20. Cowboys, no changes to the 17 that beat the Dolphins last week. Jeremiah Nanai is out with a shoulder injury. Smithy, what do you reckon, mate? Oh, I bet the Cowboys. I bet the Cowboys were there sweating on this team list to be announced, eh? They all come out yesterday, what, about lunchtime, 1 o'clock, they were thinking, please, (laughs) rest them. Ivan, take them all out, please. Please, surely. Oh, mate. But no. No, pretty much full strength um, for the Penrith Panthers. And you can understand after, they, they would have been very disappointed um, with their performance against Parramatta. Now, I know Parramatta played well, and they, they played a, a, a brand of footy, Kempe, against Penrith where they just, they they went after them defensively, so they were physical. But with the football, they actually, uh, 
they took a game plan into that match that that required a, a little bit of risk. Mm. All right, they didn't try to just you know tie Penrith out or you know out out arm wrestle them or what outlast them in in any type of way. Like they tried some offloads. Um, they tried some you know shifting of the football in consecutive tackles and and move their defensive line around. And they, as I said, they had a little bit of risk and. The one difference for Parramatta last week was everything that they tried, it stuck. Mm. So their passes stuck. They had great handling. They had some great movement, as I said. And everyone was playing their role beautifully in those set pieces that they had, which you know converted to points. So that's what you have to do against Penrith because mm. they're so well drilled defensively and they've got a great system that looks after everyone if they play their role. It's really hard to find a, a weak link in their line. Um, so looking at the, the comments from Nathan Cleary after that game last week, they just, he just said, I, I can't remember us playing so poorly. Yeah. Wow. So th- there's no surprise as to why Ivan's going, no, no one's resting. I don't think any of those players would have wanted to rest, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think they would have thought, nah, we, like we, we need to get back on track here and, and play well. So this is going to be a cracking game. Uh, Cowboys, they're coming into it with, you know, some pretty good performances under their belt. Um, last week, very good. They look, they look good. But you know, playing against a side that, you know, their, their season was over. They they weren't anywhere near playing finals football. So you know, that they should have won that one. Um, and it all comes down to I, I reckon. I know, you know, you don't sort of like putting results on on the shoulders of one player, but you know, Scott Drinkwater, I think a lot sort of will be determined by the way he plays. Yeah. Yeah. And the amount of room that he's given by the Penrith footy side. Mm. I, I think they'll be back to their, their very best defensively, Penrith. Mm. Um, but if, if Scott Drinkable Water can pull out one of his best performances of his career, they're a chance. Yeah. They actually, I know, I think the Panthers had some players out, but they did beat them mid-year, I'm pretty sure. It actually kicked off their run that the Cowboys had. Mm. Um, during Origin, it was. So now, obviously, that's not the full-strength Panthers side, but... You know, we spoke about playing unorthodox is the way you can sometimes beat Penrith. I mean, it's still super, super tough. And if there's one guy that is unorthodox and can kind of, I guess it's hard to do tape on him because he's just so creative with the ball. It is a guy like Scotty Drinkwater. Um, So I I agree, mate. I think Scotty Drinkwater is a key player. I also do think, though, I think some of the wide running forwards for, for the Cowboys can cause them a lot of trouble. I think that's, you know, when... Teams spread it and hit their three-ins a lot and work them over. There has been a tendency for Penrith to struggle a little bit because they rely so heavily on being directed, obviously, by Cleary. And so I wonder whether they try to get guys like Helam, Lukey, uh, mm. Leilua just at Cleary all night long, especially with Cogger not being a, a typical six. He's more of a seven. So he's not going to probably be the guy that's going to be able to step up if Cleary is making 30 to 40 tackles in the game. I wonder yeah. if that's a tactic from the Cowboys because their back, back rows are some of the best in the comp. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why that's not a a tactic or in the game plan for any footy side coming up against Penrith. Is like, I, I'd be I'd be trying to get Cleary to make 30 tackles every week. Well, because he he's so good. Yeah, because he's so good. Like He's so good with the footy. He, he understands their game plan you know, like the back of his hand. Um, and when he's not doing work and when you don't fatigue him, he's, you know, he makes great decisions. Mm. He makes good decisions nine times out of 10. That's the, like, that's the style of player that he is. Mm. So you got to try and build a bit of fatigue into his game. 
making make decisions when not just physically tired, but he's mentally tired from the amount of work that he has to do and repetitively, you know, get his body in front of the bigger players, take the impact, you know, get down on the ground, get off the ground. And, and it's going to take a little bit of work. Like they got to be patient and, and continually get at him because he's a, we all know he's, he's ultra fit. He's a tough guy. Like he's not going to shirk, you know, the, the, the workload. Um, but at some stage, like pressure, it does some funny things to people. Mm. Even even the best players in the best teams, and I think I think that some teams um, make the mistake of going. Well, Cleary's one of the best defensive sevens in the game. We won't run at him. But it's not actually about whether Cleary's a good or bad defender. It, he could be great all night long. It's about what you take away from him. And I was just going to say earlier, mate. He debuted against you. Guess how many tackles he made when he debuted against the Storm? Yeah, how many? Forty. There you go. Forty tackles. <laughs> Like, that's an yep. example of a game plan made specifically for a key player. Yeah. Yep. And a bloke on debut as well, you know. Yeah. So you always – it's just – it's the nature of our sport. Like, you go after the guys that are making their debut and really test them out. Like, are they ready for it? Like, mm. you, you want to see. Like, you want to ask plenty of questions. So now that he's been doing it for a long time, you, you, like, your mindset shouldn't change. Yeah. Particularly when he is so key to their performances. mm like a lot of it, a lot of it revolves around his his involvement and his performance. I'd be, I'm, I don't know if Leilua or uh, Helam Lukey would be on his side, but if Leilua is, I'd be hitting him. Honestly, yeah. if he didn't make thirty plus tackles, I'd be disappointed as a coach. That's how much I'd be going towards him. And I, Cleary is a great defender, but it's not about that. It's about how can we somehow fatigue this guy and get his mind off what he's so good at. Yeah, correct. Um, but do you think? Do you think Isaac Tongo will get a game? I think he's, so. named, he's named in the extended bench at the moment, but look, I think he will because you, you want to have at least one game under your belt before a finals match. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't played since what round twenty, I think. Yeah, round twenty, and he's still. This is, I think, he's essentially his. Is it his second full year or his first full year? Mm. Um, maybe his second, but he's still a relatively rookie. That you know, he's not going to have that experience of of ten years under his belt where he can just cruise back into a finals match. So I think they will. Yeah. Um, we're going to do the next game, Dragons v. Knights, uh, Nostrada, Jubilee Stadium. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Um, I know I've got the Newey Knights. Yep. After speaking with Phoenix earlier, oh, they they seem really, really happy. Unless mm. he's just an overly happy guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was happy to be on the show That's and talk to That's a captain's run, mate. That's what it was. <laughs> um, and usually, mate, usually after... More times than not, after we have some guests on our show, like they, they go on, their team goes on and has a win. Yeah. Or absolutely. they play well individually. Phoenix is having a rest this week. But yeah, look, I think they continue winning. Yeah, I think they continue winning. Even though, you know, again, this is another side that's have got a few rested, some of their key players, as well as uh, Kalen Ponga out. Big test for them. As I said at the start of the show, big test for them, you know, to go out and perform without him because he has been. So crucial to their their turnaround and form since you know you know they they smashed the the doggies what eight eight weeks ago, mm. um, but you know Lockie Miller goes to fullback. He was the guy playing there at the start of the year and doing some wonderful things there. So you know he'll he'll relish the opportunity to be back playing with the number one on his back. I think they continue their mm. winning ways. Nine in a row, mate. Yeah, wow. I think so too. Like I think they might struggle to score points because obviously KP's out. But yeah. their game's been built around a grindy defense kind of yes. ethos. So that can be replicated if it is throughout the whole squad that they've all agreed that these are the standards we, standards we expect. So I think that 
it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I do think the Knights just pip them. I do think the yeah. Knights just pip them. Just, just with the form that they take into this one. Mm. That's, that's, that's what it's all about for me. Although, if you look at the Dragons, mate, they've been... They've been good. Mate, they've been brave. Yeah. They've yep. been brave. Like, the last fortnight, like, they, they, they had the Storm down 14 points mm. um, in Wollongong, and then, you know, they took it to the Warriors as well. They stood toe-to-toe with them. Um, so, you know, like, if, if they pull one out of the hat, who knows? But, yeah, I think we're both tipping Newey. Now, after the break, we'll continue our round preview. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Time for the Titans versus Bulldogs Sunday, 2 p.m. Seabus Super Stadium. Uh, just quietly, I love Seabus Super Stadium. Just quietly. Uh, yeah. Anyway, mate, I think it's I think it's one of the. What most... is it that you What is it that you love about it? Well, it's just it's it's on the Gold Coast. It's usually beautiful weather. It's a fast yes. track. Yes. It's it's a smaller stadium so that it looks you know more packed out than say the yeah. bigger ones sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most underrated stadiums. Like if you had that same stadium in Sydney, it would yep. be rated highly. But because it's in Gold Coast, it anyway. Let's get to the game. Yeah. I'm with you though. Yeah. Every game we play, they're like fast track, mate. It's like carpet. Yeah, it's it's a great stadium. Beautiful. Yeah. And like nice, spacious, um, like locker rooms and warm up areas underneath yep. too. Yeah, absolutely. Really comfortable for like, yeah, sports people, whatever. <laughs> and- I was going to say athlete, but I'm not an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Never was. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Okay, Moe Fodawaka replaces the injured Isaac Liu. In the only change, Bulldogs, Pangai Jr., Harrison Edwards, both out, replaced by Sam Hughes and Curtis Moran. How do you see this one playing out, Smithy? Um, I think Titans. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm going to be blunt about this one, like the, the doggies have been poor over the last couple of weeks, probably even a little bit more than that. But some of their – just their efforts, mate. They're lacking in effort. I think they're all looking for the end of the season now, um, have been for a fortnight's time. Um, so I think Titans – yeah, mate. I um I think the Titans as well. I, I the, the the really disappointing thing about the Bulldogs is look, I didn't expect them to make the eight. I didn't expect mm-hmm. them to set the world alight. But I did expect at least at some points in the year we would see it click at least for eighty minutes or a few times eighty minutes. And unfortunately, there's not really a single game that I can point to for the Bulldogs and say the whole team played as good as we know they can play. Yeah, and that's Even- the worrying thing. Even towards the end of the year, mate, when they got some of their big big name players back, mm. like it just didn't seem to change. I mean, you could argue it's gotten worse, mm. which is yes, so, like seriously alarming, seriously alarming. So, look, I think that it's good that Seraldo is extremely strong in his message at, at the very least. If you're at mm. that club now, whether you agree or disagree, whether he's right or he's wrong, you know exactly what you're walking into next year. So you make the choice. You want to be a part of this or not? Um, that's a positive. Yes. For the Titans... Disappointing mm-hmm. end of the year for sure, but I do think that they definitely have made progress this season as a squad, um, especially with such a young forward pack um, heading into next year. Yeah, yeah. they haven't um, haven't won for a month, but um, if they take that attitude they had last week, so with 15 to go, right, 15 to go against Melbourne, they were down by two points. Yeah. And then Melbourne got three consecutive tries, sort of like bang, 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 and it blew the score out a bit, but they were they were there. Yeah. And they were competing, um, and it was Storm in Melbourne, and they were up for that one. They wanted to win that one. So take that same attitude again into this one, and they may finish their season with with a victory. Now, huge, huge game. Sharkies versus the Raiders. Nico Hines returns at halfback. Trindle moves to 5'8", which I'm assuming Matty Moylan will drop out of the side. Raiders team news. Papali'i and Corey Horsburgh both out. Papali'i out for the season with a bicep surgery. Uh, Emre Gula starts at prop. Solo... Joins the bench. What do you reckon, Smithy? 
massive game. Ooh. Huge game. Sharkies, what, they they just need the victory. Mm. Um, well, both just need the victory, really, to, to confirm a spot in the finals. Um, yeah, big big outs. Josh Papali'i and Corey Horsburgh. Horsburgh, of course, suspended. Um, and Nico Hines back. So I'm leaning Sharkies here. I'm leaning Sharkies, but again, like you just, I don't know. Canberra, what's Sticky up to this week? He's had a run in with a cameraman. He's going to be a little bit annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) What's doing there, by the way? Wow. Anyway, um, so you just don't know. But you know what? I I think Cronulla. I think Cronulla. So, which means, though, so if Canberra lose. Cowboys win. Cowboys win. And either either Roosters or South will win. Yep. One of them have to win. The Raiders are gone. Oh, because if they draw. Because of four and against. Yeah, yeah. That that like they're at the moment at the moment they they are negative one hundred and nineteen. Negative one hundred and nineteen. I think it's the worst in the well, at least in the NRL era, the worst for and against that a top eight side has ever had. The next closest to them, right? is the Titans, negative 130, and they're 13th. Wow. And wow. currently Raiders are in the top eight. So it's it's pretty straightforward. Like, it's just you've got to win. Yeah, absolutely. Have absolutely. to win. You cannot rely on those results below you. Mm. Um, because either way, right, either way, Roosters or Rabbits, if they win, they're going to they're gonna go past you if you don't win. Mm. And then possibly North Queensland, if they, if they jag one against Penrith. Mm. Let's say the Broncos win. Let's talk scenarios. Okay. Let's say the Broncos win, and then all of a sudden Ivan has a change of heart and goes, nah, you're out, you're out, you're out. We're resting. We can't win the minor premiership. Then all of a sudden the Cowboys are a chance, mate. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? And then you are what? You're the last game of the weekend. (laughs) And you're sitting there all weekend going, oh, no. (laughs) We have to win now. Oh, my God. The pressure. The pressure. Oh, yuck. I'm going Sharkies. Do you think the Sharkies are carrying Matty Moylan at 17 because Hines is still a bit touch and go? Uh, big chance. Mm. Yep. Yep. Big chance. So do you think that is it, I guess, a worry that Hines is playing? Oh, before absolutely. They... Yeah. Absolutely concerning. Yeah. But I think they want some minutes in him um, just to – get through this and hopefully you know they want him to get through the 80 and play well and get a win but yeah i reckon that might be the case all righty we're going to head to a break after the break we get our final tips for round 27 and we share our special welcome back to the captain's run now it's time to share our special what special you got there smithy mate i am going to go this week with the i'm going to go manly Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to go Manly. Finish with a win. I'm going to go, well, I was going to go specifically Manly, but I reckon Saab scores two tries. Saab scores two tries. So add on. I'm going to add it on. He's been out. He's actually been, I think it's been one of his better years. I know he scored, obviously, you know, scored all those tries with Tommy there. I actually think Saab has been outstanding this year. Outstanding. Very good. Very Um, good. And I will go Warriors 
with Tasmania's Lesniak to score six <laughs> tries this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I actually thought you were going to go special Broncos. No, don't do mate, that, Mate, the minor Smitty. premierships on the line, yeah, mate. Yeah, don't do that, mate. Come You're on. trying to get me to curse my own Come team. Come on. No. Back them. No. Back them. I'm, I'm, I'm backing them, but I'm mate, just not. Mate, put... mate, it's, it's, mate, this week it's the Melbourne, um, what is it, Falcons. Oh, give me a break. It's bloody the baby Broncos, mate. I didn't even know half these guys. I didn't even know. Like, they, mate, Kevy called me. Kevy called me and said, you want to come out and have a run? Have you got a game? Yeah. Have you got a game in your yeah, beak? That's what he did. I said, mate, I don't have much. I've got not a game in me. I don't have a bloody a full pace in me. Uh, anyway, that is us done and dusted. Right, Good uh, luck. See you all next week. Good luck to the Broncos. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs>